You're listening to episode 53 with special guest Dr. Dre from Yo! MTV Raps. Be sure to stay tuned for his exclusive interview right here on Take It Personal Radio. Yo, Take It Personal. You're checking out Take It Personal with my band. Yeah, yeah, y'all. Checking out the Take It Personal Radio show. Yeah, yeah. It's your boy Farrell Marsh. You already know what it is. Right now you're checking out the Take It Personal show. Nothing but the real hip-hop. Hip-hop. The way it should be. It should be. Yo, what's up? This is Cool Keith, a.k.a. Dr. Octagon, and you're checking out Take It Personal with my DJ 360. DJ 360. Full cycle for that ass. Now, for that now, ass. Now, now I'm cool with my man. They playing nothing but that authentic classical boom bap shit. Check, check them out. Check them out. Check them out. Check it out. This is Marco Polo. Yo, check this out. This is Soul Brother number one, Pete Rock. This is DJ Premier. You're live and direct through the speaker. And you're checking out. Take it personal. Take it personal. What up, though? This is Merce. This is Planet Asia Medallion. This is DJ Muslim from Type of Shoe. This is Dell, the funky homo sapien. You are checking out. Take it personal. And introducing in this corner, A. A. The one they call Aaron Wade. Aaron Wade. And over there, Roger the announcer. That's it. No, no famous. That's it. I'll do it. Take it personal. With my people spinning that fly shit. You heard? Hip hop, stay winning. Yeah.
This is Dr. Dre. Stay tuned for Take It Personal Radio. Take It Personal, episode 53. We're bringing the heat like Don Drysdale and smacking you up like Harry Carson, baby, because we're bringing the doctor, the first doctor, the original doctor. We're talking Dr. Dre, and we're not talking straight out of Compton, Dr. Dre. We're talking straight out of Hempstead, Dr. Dre. We're talking Yo! MTV Raps, Dr. Dre. We're talking one of the most influential people in hip-hop history, Dr. Dre. We are talking the man who has more starter hats and jackets than anybody else in the world, Dr. Dre. <laughs> the good doctor. Well, yet another Dre in the industry. Dr. Dre, this is a very, very cool, interesting show that we're going to throw down tonight. I mean, we're going to talk about not only the early career of Original Concept, being an early member of a Def Jam crew, but we're going to talk about all the stories that go behind the Beastie Boys. We're going to talk about early stories that go behind meeting Rick Rubin, bringing Public Enemy to the forefront. Everything that goes on between the Yo! MTV rap set, you're going to hear about it tonight. This is about Take It Personal, really going in depth. I think it's going to be a great show. You guys will love it. I'm really excited for this because this is my first rap professor. You know, before there was a Source magazine in my hands, I was watching Yo! with Ed Lover, Fab Five, and uh, definitely Dr. Dre is, is responsible for so much of my childhood. And uh, I'm excited for this. I want to give a quick shout out to all the people that have been supporting us on Patreon. Word. We have... You know, programs starting at a buck. So if you listen to the show, you like the show, and you wanna you wanna contribute, we greatly appreciate it. Shout outs to Rob McArthur, Ben Mitchell, Richard Hoffman, Darren Lowinger, Sam Kepler. We appreciate the support. There's a ton of others, but uh, we'll kind of squeeze you in throughout the show and, and throughout the uh, future shows. Episode 53. This is gonna be a hit. Like Bobby Abreu, I can't wait. Let's get it on. Checking out Take It Personal. You know what the fuck it is. Let's go.
into a solo, get in the flow, and you can picture like a photo. Music makes mellow, maintains to make melodies for MCs, motivates to break some everlasting. I can go on for days and days with rhyme displays that engrave deepest X-rays. I can take a phrase that's rarely heard. Flip it, now it's a daily word. I can get iller than armor, kill it, bomb, but no alarm. Rock Kimmel, remain calm. Self-esteem make me super superb and supreme before a microphone. Still I fade. This was a take. I wasn't supposed to break. I was supposed to wait, but let's motivate. I want to see you keep following and swallowing. Taking the minute, fighting and falling. Lovers try and others die to get the formula. But on my left, just sweat. You still ain't warm. You a step away from frozen. Stiff as if you're frozen. Take it to my brain as the rhyme gets chosen. So follow me. I want you thinking you were first. Let's travel at beneficent speeds around the universe. What could you say as the earth gets further and further away? Smaller balls of clay, a spray into the Milky Way. Worlds out of sight, far as the eye can see, not even a satellite. Now stop and turn around and look at the stand of darkness. Your knowledge took. So keep staring soon, you suddenly see a star. You better follow it, consist of all. This is a lesson if you're guessing and if you're following. Hurry, hurry, step right up and keep following the leader. Yo, this is KRS One. You're checking out the Take It Personal radio show. DJ 360, down with us. Full of flavor, it's down with us. Teflon 3, down with us. A-A-Rod, down with us. My man Roger, down with us. Take it personal. Number one, one, one. I think, I think, I think very deeply. In about four seconds, a teacher will begin to speak. I think very deeply. Let us begin. What, where, why, or when? We'll all be explained like instructions to a game. See, I'm not insane. In fact, I'm kind of rational. When I'm asking you, who is more dramatic than this one or that one? The white one or the black one? Black the punk and I'll jump up to attack one. This one is just the gotta lead a crew. Right up to your face and diss you. Everyone saw me on the last album cover. Holding a pistol, something far from a lover. Beside my brother, S-C-O-T-T. I just laughed, cause no one can defeat me. This is lecture number two. Number one was poetry. You know it's me. You know it's my philosophy. Many artists gotta learn. I'm not flammable. I don't burn. So please stop burning and learn to earn respect. Cause that's just what chaos collects. See, what do you expect when you rhyme like a soft punk? You walk down the street and get jumped. You got to have style and learn to be original. Original. And everybody's gonna wanna diss you. Like me, we stood up for the South Bronx and every sucker MC had a response. See from the Bronx is thick In real, real life, we roll correctly A lot of suckers would like to forget me But they can't Cause like a champ, I have got a record Of knocking out the frauds in a second On the mic, on the mic That you should get loose I haven't come to tell you I got juice I just produce, create, innovate On a higher level I'll be back for now Just sample, sample In about four seconds, a teacher The rhythm, the rebel. No. 
The enemy could be the Frank Guardian. I'm now a hooligan. I rock the party and clear all the madness. I'm not a racist. Preach the teacher. Cause something never happens. Number one. Never wanna run about the gun. I wasn't licensed to have one. The minute they see me, fear me. I'm the epitome. A public enemy. Used abuse without clues. I refuse to blow a fuse. They even had it on the news. Don't believe the hype. Was the start of my last jam, so here it is again, another death jam. But since I gave you all a little something that I knew you lacked, they still consider me a new jack. All the critics, you can hang on my hold the rope, but they hope to the Pope and pray it ain't dope. The follow of Farrakhan, he'll tell me that you understand until you hear the man. The book up the new school rap game, writers treat me like Coltrane, insane. Yes to them, but to me, I'm a different kind. We're brothers of the same mind, unblind, caught in the middle end, not surrendering. I don't rhyme for the sake of riddling. So claiming that I'm a smuggler. Some say I never heard of ya, a rap burglar, false media. We don't need it, do we? It's fake, that's what it be to you, dig me? Yo, Terminator X, step up on the stand and show these people what time it is, boy. Yo, what's up? It's Eric Summer, the Green Knight Bandit, representing the EPMD, here on Take It Personal Radio, and you're checking out Through Flavor. And my man Kevlar, DJ360, Aaron Wade, yo, Aaron, where my money at? And introducing, in this corner, is Eric Summer, the Green Knight Bandit, and over there... Roger the announcer, that's it. Relax your mind, let your conscience be free, and get down to the sounds of EPMD. But you should keep quiet while the MC rap, but if you're tired, then go take a nap. Or stay awake and watch the show I take, because right now, I'm about to shake and bend. The E-I-C-K is my name, my spell. Thanks to the clientele, yo, I rock well. I'm not an MC who talking all that junk about who can beat who. Sound like a punk. I just get down and I go for mine. Say check one, two, I run down the line. To the average MC, I'm known as the Terminator, funky beat maker, new jack terminator, destroying a ploy, when your rhymes are not void, never sweating your girl, YP, she's a schizoid, when I'm on the scene, I always rock the spot, I grab the steel with the crown on top, in the beginning, I like to let my rhymes flow, and at 12, I press cruise control, sit back and relax, let my rhymes tax, maintain them C's while the double E matters, always calm under pressure, no need to act ill, listen when I tell you boy, you got to share. I be the person that computer information on rap Like the BRZ, my pieces, I make it toes tap I format the rhymes step by step Make them sound deaf to retain my rap Prepare to come off in case of a diss Now worry about the thing we can see this. I can turn the party out just by standing still. Make a lady scream and shout while the brothers I kill. Take total control of your body and soul. Pack a nine in my pants when it's time to roll. I'm the P-E-M-D-E-E. And one thing I hate is a biting MC. When I enter the party, suckers always form a line. Then they ease their way up and try to bite my lines. I did thousands of shows. Dish many faces and deal with new jack on a one-to-one basis. But every now and then a sucker MC gets courageous. And like an epidemic, it becomes contagious. But never the least, they all R.I.P. For all those underwear, it means rest in peace. Cause MD 
Stands for microphone doctor in the capital P, capital M, capital D, E, D's, no doubt the chief rocker. Don't like to get ill, but if I have to, I kill. So believe me, boy, you got to Jason, Jason, I'm, I'm a play Jason. Jason. I'm, I'm a play Jason. Jason. 
This is just a conversation. I'm special at with a special presentation. Hey, I like the play, so for me it's recreation. It's not just a job, it's an adventure. If worse comes to worse, I've got your thirst quencher, but you gotta buy it. Don't even try it, I don't rob for free. No matter how dry it gets, I collect my money in sets. One before the show, and again when I jet. So I get mine and I'ma get more. Cause I'm financially secure and I'm sure. So I don't need your tips or advice, cause I'm too nice. But at your rat, I can't stand mice. I'm like a cat, kinda frisky. Battling is risky. Business, your mind acquired busyness. Just like whiskey. Isn't this enough? Oh, you think you're tough? Cookie? I think you better call your bookie. Cause you can bet your life that I'ma play you like hooky. 
on a Friday. This is my day. When I was through, I heard you say, why they diss me like that? I should have repent. Somebody should have said the special ed was the magnificent. Ah! Super dope, out of sight, special ed with my trusty pal. Action, love, thereof we shout. Continue to win you, yet this is not a game. But I'ma play with you, say you claim to be better. I hate rumors, and I get tumors, and I jammies, get Grammys, and yet I'm not an actor. It's just a factor that we're famous. So don't blame us for nothing. Action, love is cutting, I'm on the rhyme. Skin your teeth and it's your beef that I'll grind like a butcher. Put you on a table and let my DJ cut you, but you're such a little sucker, I might not even touch you. I bet you what you want is just attention. Your mother and your father should have used some prevention. Look at all the time and the money they spent. And now you want to die against I, the Magnificent. Wants to invade, so do not walk this path that they laid. It's 
the original boss, Big Stuff is back. And for those of you who are not quite sure, but the voice is three plus me makes the four of us lyrical. Imperial, no need to discuss an A plus for my material. I'm the over dominant, over prominent, over delightful, overweight lover MC. Happily, you able, I dash the original. That's why there's no apostrophe S. Cause I have been blessed to impress. And then I suggest that you invest your mind and your time to my digest. You prefer me because I'm more than less. And I've been blessed like a bag of Buddha sets. You know what comes next. Again on the microphone, telling you to leave that dial right there because you are watching Yo MTV Rap. When you say you love me, it doesn't matter. It goes into my head as just chit chatter. You may think it's egotistical or just very free, but what you say, I take none of it seriously. And even if I did, I wouldn't tell you. So I'd let you pretend to read me, and then you'd know. Cause I hate when one attempts to analyze. In fact, I despise those who even try to look into my eyes to see what I am thinking. That dream is over. Yeah, y'all is sinking. I tell all of you, like I told all of them, what you say to me is just paper thin. They break the hell out. No, that's not my strategy, not the game I play. I admit I play a game, but it's not done that way. Truly, when I get involved, I give it my heart. I mean, my mama sold my body, I mean, every part. But if it doesn't work out, yo, it just doesn't. It wasn't meant to be, you know, it just wasn't. So I treat all of you like I treat all of them. And what you say to me is still paper thin. In one ear and right out the other. Herders mumble jumble. Lover, I don't pay attention, I don't concentrate. You ain't got the bait that it takes to hook this. Sucker, you missed. I put feelings aside. I know who I am. My name is Light. Is your name Sam? Cause if it is, step off. Grab your coat and get lost. Wrap your scarf around your throat and go back and catch the boat and hit the road, Sam. Don't you come back no more, no more, no more, no more. Hit the road, Sam. Don't you come back no Situation, my son, I'm as serious as cancer, all fun and done. For the time, the people correspond to rhyme to two is valid. The best you will find. Living in CI, who the hell am I? Agent Rock, the juice, I can fly. Cool with the riffing guy, keep a handle. Cause if you don't, I wax it down like a candle. Be love, I'm a top villa. Part time killer, permanent chiller. Son of Sam Killer, the horror in the villa. Unlike the rest, the best, I am a thriller. Kill it or shoot it, bite it and distribute it. But either way, the two's unconstituted styling and wilding, constantly smiling. We'll keep trooping in a place called Strong Island. Yo, 
check it out, y'all. This is DJ Premier. You're live and direct through the speaker, because that's my voice coming through the speaker, you heard? And you're checking out the Take It Personal show. Don't get it twisted. One love. Brothers are amused by other brothers' reps, but the thing you know best is where the gun is kept. Cause in the night you'll feel fright, and at the sight of a four-fifth, I guess you just might wanna do a dance or two. Cause he could maybe bust you for self or with a crew. No matter if you or your brother's a star, he could pop you in jet without a getaway car. And some might say that he's a dummy, but he's sticking you and taking all of your money. It's a daily operation. He might be loose in the park or lurking at the train station. Mad Brothers know his name. And while we're blaming society, he's at a party with his man. They got the eye and the gold chain that the next man's wearing. It looks big, but they ain't staring. Just thinking of a way and when to get the brother. They'll be long gone before the kid recovers. And back around the way, he'll have the chain on his neck. Claiming respect just to get a rap. Controllers my brain, I strain to gain spirituality so I can finally be in unity, harmony with thee, all I see, supreme being, know of histories and mysteries, I'm mystic, also stylistic, not materialistic, simplistic, humble, while others tumble, stumble, smooth be not bumble, rumble, no that's not likely. That's what my old school days like spikely, smooth beat. My rhymes get better with time. I should get an endorsement for creating fresh lines. And as I grow older, lyrics get hyper. Cause I'm a dominant black pie piper. Spreading peace and love throughout my travels. And take time to read and unravel day-to-day problems and then solve them. I can see clearly now 
hours I revolve around suckers who perpetrate heroes. But I'm no sandwich, more like a manwich, or maybe like a meal, which is much more real. Real, real, real. Than Clark Kent or the man of steel. Teddy Ted, a hip-hop ambassador. Keeping you on the floor, giving you more and more. His cut's exquisite. What is it, a blizzard? The musical wizard, you should come visit. The man in the back, without further ado, Teddy Ted is gonna make it real funky for you. <laughs> What's up? This is D-Nice. My name is D-Nice, and you're listening to the Take It Personal Podcast. Yo, my name is D-Nice, although I hate to admit it. Taking out your suckers and you don't know how I did it. See, every episode remains in this mode. Very cool, very calm. There's no sweat in my palm. I just pick up the mic, proceed with a song. I get right to the point. My composition's not long or short. It's like a sport hanging in the middle. But now if you're puzzled, let me kick the whole riddle. That My name is Derek, and if I didn't mention D-Nice... It's just a description. It describes the kid on the mic. I'm the TI-808, huh? But just call me D-Nice. Hardcore, yo, I can never be soft. Acting on my destiny, say the boy goes off. 
Filling up my memory with a touch of my rhyme. Suckers, stay away because yo, they know the time. Quiet on the seconds I'm about to begin. And if you didn't hear me, boy, I tell you again, my name is Easy. Or just call me E. But it doesn't really matter to me, cause I'm the same person, whether serious or rehearsing. I just gotta keep cursing. But this is for the radio, so I better chill. They won't play it if I go get ill, but I'm like that, and that's an actual fact. Because the street is where my heart is at. Yo, I don't do dope, but I'm dope, not a dope, but I'm doper than anybody who tries to cope with the rhyme I'm displaying and the beat that's playing. Yo, you could try all day and you still won't match up with the ruthless pile. Cause Easy's doing it cop the style. That's the city, and you say you could get some. Yo, it's easier said than done. Across. So listen up close, if you don't, you might get lost I'm not a role model or a doctor suit Yo, I'm a gangster, and I'm about to get stupid I guess it's time for the trauma With the E-A-Z-Y-E comma, and that's drama So pay attention, by the way, I must mention I'm coming off hard in the third dimension With the glare, but you don't need no glasses to stare Just pop your tape in and it's just like you're there With the E on the gangster tip So if you think I'm a flip or slip, don't even trip, cause I'm a destroyer. My homie Dre is a doctor, not a lawyer. Dope MC employer on Ruthless, and that's my label. We get the money, the women, and cold bust the fat cables, boy. Master Rhyme is a toy. I'm eating steak while you're sucking with the girls enjoy. You must be sick. Or you're lonely. How you gonna diss me and you don't even know me? Yo, Ren. What's up? Get the cash, show them where it's at. And that's just the sound. Next time I'm pulling your cap to let you know where I'm coming from. Easy said it and it shall be done. Y'all ready for this? Y'all ready, ready for this? Y'all ready for this? comes the two to the three and four then i drop the beat i have in store lay dynamics on the top like a rug make it sound smoother later make a dub enunciate well so that you can tell i am not illiterate no not even a little bit nothing like an idiot get it you want the record cool i'm with it let the rhythm check you shake it cause it makes you as i turn the knob to the door you will stay through going like a nut don't be a pop and i'll let it play cause That take place if you want another reason why it must be funky. Yo, I am not a jackass, meaning not a donkey. So I will play the game like it should be played. Drop the fucking do the mix so the face will never fade. Ship it, ship it to the station in your jurisdiction. Brothers say I'm dope and the others think I'm bitching. No crowd can avoid the deal to the C. When I'm P E O F O I M I N G on the stage. See the simple fact is I am dope and known. I rock a funky beat without a court so And it's my conclusion. And I will ascend with the style that I am using Knowing that it's a cup, finish that a buff I think I'll let it play cause bread's ain't fucking up Hip-hop And then the 
Should be able to say anything. Our lungs were meant to shout. Say what we feel. Yell out what's real, even though it may not bring mass appeal. Your opinion is yours. My opinion is mine. If you don't like what I'm saying, fine. But don't close it. Always keep an open mind. A man who fails to listen is blind. We only got one right left in the world today. Let me have it. Throw the Constitution away. It's Ice T. Yo, MTV raps. It's like walking barefoot over broken glass. It's like jumping rope on a razor blade. All lightning quick, decisions are made. Lifestyle, plush. Female, rush. This high-profile personality who earns his pay illegally. Professional, liar. Schoolboys admire. Young girls desire. Very few live to retire. Cash flow extreme. Dress code supreme, vocabulary obscene, definition street player, you know who I mean, the high rollers. Gone out to play, cause for enough cold cash to look the other way. Look at the cars as they roll by. Benzes, Ferraris, trucks up high. Beepers connecting players to big time deals with all of this technology. Who needs to steal? Just live a life of leisure every night and day. And you're living proof that crime does pay. Your life is dangerous and reckless. You eat fly guys and girls for breakfast. You're a titan of the nuclear age. Your muscles flex with the Uzi or 12 gauge. And you love the game, that's why you boast. Cause you're high priced, high speed, high post, high rolling. Watch your back if you want to be a high roller. And now, our exclusive interview with Dr. Dre. This is Dr. Dre from the world-famous Yo! MTV Raps, and of course, the founding member of the world-famous group, Original Concept. Big shout-outs to my man, Phila Flav, and of course, A.A. Ron. Big up to my man, Kevlar. And of course, the one, the only, DJ 360, all happening on TIP Radio. That's right. Take it personal. All right. Very, very special guest here on Take It Personal today. None other than one of the original Dr. Dre's in the business. I know that I'm going to be dropping my Dre after this. You cannot beat a man like this in this industry. 
Dr. Dre, Andre Brown has been around from the original concept way into the Yo MTV rap days. It is a pleasure, it is an honor to greet him and bring him on to the show to our listeners. It's going to be a great show. Dr. Dre, what's up, man? Wow. Not only did he give my my performing name, but he also gave out my government name. Government. So I'll be changing that up in the show. <laughs> so what's going on, guys? How you doing? How you doing this evening? All good. All good, man. There's so much. I, there's three of us here, and we all have a list of questions. So let's start with this. Take us back to the Adelphi University days. This is the home of, obviously, you, Dr. Dre, Chuck D, and Mr. Baba Bui. Gary Delabati from the Howard Stern Show. Hello, hello. Three major oh. players in, in the music game. Uh, tell us about Adelphi. Tell you about Adelphi University. Well, it's simple and plain, which is so interesting. We just had an anniversary of uh, WBAU 90.3 FM at Adelphi University in Garden City. 90.3 FM. We're bad and you know it because that's what we do. The simple thing is I um, went to Adelphi University in 1983. I got to Adelphi, and I took a course in uh, the history of black music with Dr. Andre Stroberg. And in that class, there were three gentlemen who I met and became uh, good friends with. One was Harold McGregor, also known as Harry Allen, and I got to ask him. Harry Allen, I got to ask him. You're Harry, you're a writer. Are we that tight? Another gentleman, Mr. William, Mr. Bill Stephanie, was in that class. And then this other gentleman named Carlton Ridenhauer, a.k.a. Chucky D, wow. from a group called Spectrum, DJ group called Spectrum City. And yes, he was called Chucky D before Chuck D became Chuck D. Yo, what's up with that brother, Chucky D? He swear he nice. I said, yo, the brother don't swear he nice. He knows he's nice. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, the brother knows he's nice. So we... uh we're in this class and we were discussing different music going all the way back for our African heritage and the sound of drums and where the music evolved from to modern day jazz and, and, and funk groups and pop groups, stuff like that. So Bill turned to me and said, um, I, I heard of you. Do, do you DJ? I said, yeah, I do. He said, where do you DJ? I said, I DJ all over the place. I have a group called The Concept and we DJ, DJ different parties. He said, yeah, I heard of you. And Chuck turned to me and said, hey, man, you ever heard of WBAU? And I said, yeah, I did, because one of my rival DJ groups in my town, Music Mind, a gentleman by the name of uh, Greg Royal, also known as uh, Royal Flash, he was sent tapes up there so they would play them so you get to hear them. So BAU, with its local signal, it reached out to most of the towns around us in the suburbs, and it reached out into parts of Queens, little few parts of Brooklyn and on a good day with some aluminum foil and your arm held up at the right height, <laughs> you got us in the Bronx over the water. Yep. That's so the old days. He said, have you ever been up to the stage? And I said, no, I haven't. So we walked over and said, Hey man, let's grab some lunch and we'll go up to the, to the, to the UC. We went upstairs to the third floor, walked in the back into WBAU. And when I walked in there, my eyes got huge Bill introduces me to everybody up at the station. He's the music director at the time. Chuck, you know, Chuck will walk and do, and they introduce me to all these different people, station manager, and all these, these kids. And to be honest with you, it was a slight culture shock because we were like three black guys, and the rest of the people were white people. And like, oh, okay, so I guess I know what they're playing here. And Bill goes, no, you got to come by on a Monday night and come to my show. It's from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. I'm like, 
you serious? Nah, I'm not doing I, I work at night. I don't know about doing that. So the next Monday, I went up to see Bill's show. It was like going to a candy store, and every piece of candy you ever wanted was there for you to take. And it was wide open. And all of a sudden, people started coming in. Chuck came in, and Chuck started grabbing pieces of paper and started making squares on it. And I said, what are those for? He says, for shout-outs. I said, shout-outs? He said, yeah, when you get on the phone and people call in, you know, we set the shout-outs so that when Bill goes to read them, it's very clear. And I watched how he was doing this thing, and then I saw this machine start to develop, and different other people were coming in. And I'm listening to Bill's show, and it's like, he's playing music that I'm loving. And it wasn't that he was playing just rap record after rap record after rap record. It was the mixture and the combinations and stuff. And the one thing that really stood out to me is he kept playing these cassettes. He always had a cassette, and he had these reels, and this music was being done. I'm like, yo, this is so freaking cool. Yeah. 7474757. Mr. Bell gonna be with you till one o'clock, I think. Yeah, I love this. Yeah. From the east, from the west, east, in front of the trap, not here to impress, gonna put you to a test. Deal with all the proof, gonna let it out loose. Look out, party people here, some just truth. And he, I said, uh, guys, can I, can I, where can I be helpful? And he said, man, come on up here, man. You can answer the phone. I'll show you what to do. What were they playing back then? Oh, in 83. Run DMC was, 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 was a good start. Sucker MCs and it's like that had come out. Yeah. And by then, Rockbox had just come out mm. in that fall. So that was really big. Houdini. But again, the thing that set everybody aside that made the show special is the hate that people would send in, these different groups. And I had started doing some producing. So this was like the perfect incubator to actually go out and say, anything that I'm creating in my basement, I can bring in and play on the air, and I can help promote the group to get more parties. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, this is perfect. Nobody hears DJing with me. This is great. The next Monday that I went up to the station, this is the first time I got to actually meet Wizard KG, a.k.a. Keith Shockley, um, and he came up. And then the president, Hank Shockley, came up. And I met Hank Shockley, and I said, I always knew these, I knew of these guys. I've seen them, but I didn't know them. Right. We never introduced ourselves because the rivalries between street DJs was pretty thick. When we all started actually talking and getting together, we started having these great skull sessions about music, the DJing, this and the other. So they invited me up to their office. And I said, y'all got an office? It was 510 South Franklin in Hempstead, right off of Martin Luther King, <laughs> Martin Luther King Boulevard. Ain't nothing, <laughs> there's always something happening on Martin Luther always. King Boulevard. You know what I'm saying, man? And I don't give a fuck where you in America. If you're on Martin Luther King Boulevard, there's some violence going down. It ain't the safest place to be. You can't call nobody tell them you lost on MLK. I'm lost. I'm on Martin Luther King. Run! 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 And then I walked in and I remember my eyes were huge. I looked to the left and they had this whole wall of flyers of stuff that they had done. And I was like, wow. This is wow. They had a desk with a phone totally impressing somebody who didn't have a phone at his house at the time. <laughs> Chuck was behind the desk and he was at the phone and they were answering. They had, a, they had an answer machine, the answer machine back in 84, 83. That's very impressive to somebody who didn't have one. And they had this whole room full of records and they had the turntable set up on one side where Keith was doing something and they had very modest recording equipment. 
And this is where they were, they were putting together all these different groups that were being played on BAU. So I was impressed with what they were recording and the MCs they had. And I was trying to find something that we could put together and broadcast along with them. But I also spent my time on the phones listening to people, checking out shout-outs, and listening to the broad spectrum where everybody came from South Ozone Park in Queens. You had Holler. You had all these different groups. And I remember the first time Run DMC came to BAU. And we all, like Bill and myself and Chuck, we knew. And Harry was a photographer. And they came to BAU, and we sat there, and we were like, is Run DMC really coming up here? And they came through the door, and they were bigger fans. They were big fans of us wow. being at BAU awesome. as we were of them. So they knew all the drops, the plugs, the everything that was happening. The, the, they were listening to all the, the tapes. And remember, we're still playing their music. So we had this symbiotic relationship and playing things and getting getting stuff early. And we were easier to deal with than dealing with Mr. Magic because for whatever reason what Magic was doing, I can't explain it. He ran his ship that way. We ran this this way. But he had the city, and we just had this part of Long Island, further, a little further out in Suffolk County, but we had Queens and parts of Brooklyn, and we could dominate those areas because the signal went there. So we wanted to make sure we can get as many different new voices on the radio to play alongside of this eclectic other music. And Bill was a genius with this stuff. He just he knew his stuff. And I remember when Run DMC's album first came out, and how nervous they were about it. They were like, oh man, we don't know what's going to happen with this. But Rockbox became such a phenomenon at that moment to to have those guitars on top of them rhyming and, and that beat with Larry Smith's production. It was like, wow. Boys up the So again, back at BAU, people like Davey DMX, Davey D, who also produced stuff with Run DMC, and he also had this song called One for the Treble, which was incredible. Tough City. Uh, on the Tough City label. Yeah, on the Tough City label. I met him, and Davey and I became good friends and still are friends to this day. Um, so I got a chance to go out and actually explore more of what I wanted as far as a DJ and get different records and being able to go out and say, yes, I'm a, I'm a BAU. And as more and more like Run DMC, they found it to be their home so they could try stuff out with us. At this point, it's getting into 1984 going in, and Bill decides it's time for him to go. And he was the editor of uh, College Music Journal's column known as The Beatbox. And he had told me, he said, man, I'm going to move on. He said, Dre, you want to take over? I said, no, I can't take over. He said, how can I follow up what you've done here? And he said, dude, you need to get your license. You need to do the show. I'm going to train you and show you everything you need to do. So I came home one night and I said, I'm a, and this was right after you had Rocket with Herbie Hancock. And I wanted to make something that we could play on Bill's show. This is before I had the show. 
I said, hmm. And I started, put, I had a little Dr. Rhythm Roland 110 drum machine and I put a beat together that I liked. And I started mixing records with it and I had a reel-to-reel and I recorded it and I used to record back and forth and dub between that and my tape deck. And I created this song called It's Great to Be Here, which eventually became Can You Feel It? Yeah. Money and I, because we were joking around, because you know how we talked amongst ourselves, you know, the crew with Butch Cassidy, and we came with this thing called the dumb language. And that was where we started doing, yo, cuz, yo, yo, I went down to Hempstead Terminal, where coming, man? And the cards came up to me, what were they kicking to me, man? They said, knowledge be obeyed. So it was all like a joke at that point. It was a promo for the, for the show. Yeah. So the original knowledge, even when you listen to the song today, we talk about all the shows on BAU. That's what it was. So it became hysterical. People thought it was there with these really two crazy guys that did it. But it was really T and I in my basement, and I'd overdubbed it and created this whole bass sound with the drum machine I had. And my other partner, Eric McIntosh, came on, and I told him what I wanted him to play because he was a piano player. So I had this Casio um, keyboard. And it had this little side bass and Casio part. And he played boom, boom, ba boom, boom, ba boom, ba 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 boom, boom. Which became legendary. I mean, not only was it a legendary sound at the time, but I mean, it went on to be sampled by a Master Ace, Born to Roll. I mean, it was a, it was a monumental. NWA. Uh, yeah, NWA, Ashanti. Oh no, I'm, I'm I'm getting to that. I'm getting to that. So we made these these promos for BAU, and Bill started playing it. And when we first played Knowledge Me, because we were all in the station, everyone fell out. They were like, "Yo, this is crazy." Again, remember we're broadcasting out to the neighborhood. Run DMC comes up one day to the show. And they're like, yo, somebody play me that knowledge. Me. Yo, who did that? And we wouldn't tell. It was T and I. So Bill called us the most illness B-boys. Nobody knew because it didn't sound like us because it was the voices that we put up. And then, I mean, Keith, myself, and Butch, and everybody, we all told yo, God, yo, knowledge me, man. Yo, son, what's up with the God? And we, we were imitating what we heard at the bus depots in Hempstead. And it got their attention. I think it was Jay. When Run took it back to his brother, Russell, and took it to Rick Rubin and played it for Rick Rubin. And Rick Rubin fell out of the chair, he said. He said, he said what the hell is this? And that's how I learned about Def Jam recording. So I got a call. In fact, Bill introduced me to Rick over the phone. And then Rick called me at home and said, yo, man, could you come in here? I want to talk to you about this. You guys sign anybody? I said, no. So I went to him and I played him. Now he said, Jay played this for me, and I pissed on myself. This is so, you did this? This is you? I said, yeah, it's myself and my partner, T-Money. He said, this is hysterical. And I said, well, I got something else, too. And I played him, it's great to be here. Right. And he lost his mind. He said, yo, this is, yo, I got to sign y'all. I got to sign y'all. What's the name of the group? I said, the group's called The Concept. 
is it done? Let's do it. So I got a contract. Went to a lawyer, negotiated it, signed the deal. The deal was signed as the concept. We were always the concept. But, but while we were waiting to come out, and as we went back in and recorded Knowledge Me with Rick at Chunking Studios, this other group came out as the concept with a song. And we were, yo, we were like furious. I was like, yo, man, we got to change the name. This is messed up. We done built this up. And these clowns came out of nowhere. And they came up with some, like, dance, disco, not disco-y, but some some record that just pissed me off because we got it in the record pool. And I never forget looking at the label. And I looked at T. And we looked at the label. And we're like, they can't do this. We just signed a deal with Def Jam. This is crazy. So I called Rick up. Rick, yo, man, we got to put our thing out. This, he said, why are you worried about that? I said, dude, dude got a, there's a group called The Concept. What a concept. How's that going to happen? So I'm sitting, we're sitting there talking with him in the dorm. And MCA, Adam Yelp, was sitting in the chair. And he goes, well, they're The Concept. You should be original concept. <laughs> and I said... I, I don't like that. That's corny. Why, why am I listening to you anyway? <laughs> Rick said, yeah, that's a good idea. Original concept. I think T was like, that's all right with me. I, original concept. I mean, you're the first. I said, yeah, I get it. I get it. So I'm tired. I said, the original concept? Said, no, no, just original concept. And I hated it. I was like, nah, we got to put the dud in there somewhere. And I got a logo because we had logos. We had shirts. We were all ready to go. And now this group comes out with the concept, throws the whole game off. So the first logo, what I took is I put the word original over the concept because I said, I'm not burning this logo. We, after all the time it took, and EVG had done the, done the logo because he also was a very talented graphic artist. So that's how we became original concept, the recording group. But those were all, those were all promos from BAU. The same way how I got Public Enemy signed to Def Jam. Yeah, we want to talk about that a little bit. I mean, uh, there was definitely a lot of rumors about you bringing the uh, demo tape to uh, Russell Simmons and him throwing it right out the window. Yeah, let the listeners know a little bit about that. So Bill left BAU. I took over, and I was trying to find a way what to do with the show. And I decided to call the show The Operating Room with Dr. Dre. And it started, it stuck. So on Saturdays, uh, Chuck and Hank said, you know, because Flavor used to come around with all these cassettes, and he was just be, he was a nuisance, but he, he meant well, because he had tapes from everybody, because Flavor would walk everywhere and get tapes, so we would always hear the tapes of the show all over towns, all the different towns we were in. And he said, you know what, Dre, rather than you having to be on Saturday, why don't we give Flavor a show on Saturday from 10 to 11.30, and then it'll go into the next show. So when I took over for Bill, I thought I would try to put a little of me in this, what was going on, and to make the show successful. And the only way you could tell the show was successful are the lights lighting up on the phone. There was no internet. There was no beepers. There was no um, uh, Instagram. There was none of that. So if the phone lights were lighting up, you were, you were winning. So I went on and I thought, well, I'm going to start playing more records and play the stuff that we like and do this. And I started to sound like commercial radio. And Flavor was the one who came to me and said, yo, man, let me tell you something, man. We put this show together with Bill, and this slot was hot. You notice the phones ain't ringing? You know why? Because of this. And he held the tape up in front of me. You got to play tapes, man. You ain't playing enough tapes. 
I said, man, but that stuff you playing is garbage. He said, no, it ain't. People want to hear themselves. And that's my first big lesson in saying, you got to please the audience. You know, got to give people what they want. And I started embracing that. And the more tapes that came in, and now more people who are listening to the show were coming in from Queens, from Brooklyn. They were bringing tapes and reels. And I started playing more of that. Then the phones started lighting up because it was those were the exclusives. They didn't care if I got an exclusive from some Columbia label or from other half Dink half Do label or Tommy Boy. It was these local tapes that was driving the force of the show. So I restructured what I was doing because I had to get I had to get a gut check. And Flavor gave me that gut check. And after that, all of a sudden, Monday nights were crowded again. Because when I first started over my, in my arrogance, the crowds dissipated. Nobody came around. And I thought it was just the fact because I lived in Westbury and they lived in Roseville. I was like, oh, I see what this is. Now that Bill went, you guys are abandoning the ship. I was like, no, dude, you're corny. We thought you, we thought you, you understood. You're corny. And the moment I, I embraced and started listening more, the show took off. And then operating room started to become what it is. And then all the bigger guests started coming in. And I remember one of my first big interviews was with Africa Bambada. He came in. And it was, it was kind of a, a shock because he came in from the Bronx. And he was, like, astonished to see all these people. And he said, man, I didn't even know you guys had a radio out here like this. And he, we did a great interview for, for two hours on the show and played, played all this different stuff and he played records and we were doing stuff and, and the phones lit up like crazy. So it was like, then I understood what the pulse of what BAU was about. So in between it, like I said, Jay took knowledge me and brought it over to Rick and Russell and Russell kind of hated it. He said, this is ridiculous. No one's going to like this, but Rick liked it. So Rick and I started getting a relationship together back and forth, always on the phone. And he started giving me all this vinyl he had done on Def Jam all the Burgundy and Gray stuff, the MCA and Bazude, the early Beastie Boy stuff, the early uh, LL Cool J, the I Need a Beat, the first one, first version, to even when he remixed it and all this stuff. And he started, everything he did, he would play it for me. He said, can you play it on radio? Let me know what it is. So I would always have a cassette from them, and I'd always be able to play it and come back with a feedback for it. So eventually he said, I can't keep up being the DJ for the Beastie Boys. Can you do some gigs with them for me? I said, Right. I'm going to do some gigs with the Beastie Boys. Now, the Beastie Boys at that time... Remember? You took over for Double R? Yes, I did. Matter of fact, if you look at the Hold It Now, Hit It video, I'm in that. I was there. So the biggest thing they had done is open for Madonna and Radio City Music Hall. And people thought it was a bomb and thought they were a joke because they were all over the place. I, I wasn't treating them seriously. But then I started just hanging out with them and getting them to know them. And then they were coming out to my house and they saw... You know, Dre, they take this thing seriously. And took them up to 510, they were like, wow, we, we have never seen anything like this. This is, you guys are really serious about this thing on a, on another level that we didn't even understand. Their idea of DJing was going to a club. They didn't know that we actually took out speakers and we had them in our houses and we went to the park. We did this. So MCA and I became real close friends. Mike D and I were close. Even Ad Rock from Townsend, but he's a little, little, little fluid. But we became close and started just sharing all different ideas about doing things. And Rick asked me if I would take over. So I did, I did a uh, gig for them at um, a place called The World downtown in the city. <laughs> and um, I actually went to a rehearsal with them. And they said, here's the turntable. I said, dude, how do you DJ with this? And they were Rick's turntables. They were horrible. The, the tone arm was bent. 
And, you know, just, so I started taking out my screwdriver and fixing something. What are you doing? I said, this is the reason it doesn't work and the needle can't do this. And they're like, wow, you really know what you're doing. <laughs> and I put my, I put my cartridges on and they heard the record. They heard me go, I said, yo, you, you something else. Can I bring my mixer? They said, yeah, bring whatever you want. And I brought my mixer in and I started DJing with that and I started showing them what I could do. Like, yo, 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 dude is good. You really good. So I did a gig with them at the world and it was cool. But I had to uh, work with them and say, God, I got to go on a riser. And the one thing we got to make, we got to make a roll. You can do all your antics, spill your beer, toss at each other, fall on the ground, but don't touch the riser or the music's going to stop. I, and there's nothing I can do about that. I could put a brick on the needle. It's going to jump. So if you want the music to keep playing while you're doing what you're doing, we got to have a rule. Don't come near the riser. I got this. And then when they we beat it and they saw the reaction from the crowd, they were like, Trey's our DJ. <laughs> <laughs> so I became the Beastie Boy DJ and I still was going to be Adelphi and the BAU. So at this time there was a party we had done, uh, a DJ party, I think it was in Rockville Center, and it got shot up. And it pissed us off. And when Chuck gets pissed, Chuck starts writing. And we were on BAU and we were saying, we're trying to throw these parties for the community and for guys to come in and try to shoot the party up and start fights. This is why we can't have anything. And we would, you know, have that that dialogue on the Monday night show. And people were like, yo, this, that, the other. So the next week, I think it was a week or two weeks later, Chuck comes to the station with this promo. He says, Drake, we got to play this. I said, let me check it out. I'm listening to it. And it's like, yo, Chuck, yo, Chuck. This is what goes on. Well, fall over. And it's really the BAU promo, but it was a tale of what happened at this party and why other people who were trying to imitate the things we were doing failed miserably. And that thing gained a life of itself. I'm one of the most ill and b-boys cuz And you're listening to the operating room with Dr. Dre On WBAU 90.3 FM Right, but again, it came out, it was a BAU promo So so Chuck came to you with the demo And I just want to kind of paint the picture this way Because we got so much ground to cover So Chuck came to you with the demo How in the world did you then take that into the Def Jam world and And kind of craft what became probably one of the best supergroups of all time. So what happened was in DJM with the Beasties, we used to have cassette battles. Like they would have tapes of Led Zeppelin, Aerosmith, that they would make their own mixtapes. And I would bring BAU tapes from different groups that I put together. They would listen to different stuff and then Knowledge Me would come on, they'd have a good laugh. Uh, it's great to be here. Yo, this is so cool. And then Public Enemy Number One came on, and the, the the van got quiet, 
And I'm like, Little Dre, what the fuck is that? I said, oh, that's Chuck. That's Chuck E.D., Chuck E.D. in flavor. What? The, you, did you play this for Rick? I said, no, not yet. I'm gonna, I was going to play it to a bunch of other BAU groups. So I was going to say, look, I'm going to try to bring these groups to Def Jam and see if I can, you know, sell them to Def Jam and help produce it and, you know, you know, work with Def Jam. At the time, because Def Jam was young, it was still like an independent getting ready to become a major label. And they were like, yo, you got to play this for Rick. This is crazy. I went to Rick's dorm because he was still living in the dorm at NYU. And I went in there and Russell was laying on the, the, the futon sleep. And Rick, was, Rick and I were talking. He said, yo, man, so put it in. Let me hear it. Let me hear it. Let me hear it. I heard all about this. Play this for me. Play it for me. So I put it in, put the tape in, in his, record, his tape recorder. I skipped to the part to get to Chuck's part to the beginning of Public Good Morning. I hit play. And it begins, you know, yo, Chuck, yo, Chuck, this, that, and the other, other. And, you know, the flavors, flavors ramp in the beginning of Public Enemy Number 1. So when it goes, what goes on? Well, psh, for all those over the door. And you hear the noise. <laughs> Russell wakes up, walks over to the cassette deck, presses eject, and throws it out the window. I said, yo, what the fuck is wrong with you? Damn. He's like, that'll never sell. We'll never sign it. It sounds like garbage. <laughs> Rick right now is losing his mind. We run out the room, run downstairs to find the tape. Because <laughs> it threw out the window. Mm. He said, get another, can you get me a copy of that? I said, yeah, I'll make you a copy. He said, I said, Russell, what's wrong with you? Man, I, that, that ain't nothing. I said, oh, so that Orange Jones thing is better than this. You crazy, <laughs> man. You crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. And that's how the whole the, the, the ball got started. But it was a tough, tough way to get that to happen. Because at the time, Bill was deciding if he wanted to go join and work for Rick at Def Jam as vice president to run run Def Jam. So Bill and I were talking. I said, Bill, you need to do it. I just, I signed over here. And I signed because I was trying to give a doorway for us to bring groups through. And I thought, I thought it'd be a great way to create a, a tunnel to put all this great talent we have to be a useful. And he was debating, like, I don't know, let me think about it. And eventually Chuck and I convinced Bill to sign and be, become a part of Def Jam as the vice president. Dre, quick question about, about the whole PE, um, Bomb Squad, Rick Rubin deal. Rick Rubin really puts himself down as the producer of that first record. And given that the Bomb Squad was just such an integral part of Chuck's crew, I mean, where were they? Did they think that they were going to get pushed out? I mean, we know that on the second album, they really came through strong and they were more of a presence and everyone knew who the Bomb Squad was after It Takes a Nation of Millions. But that first album really had a, a Rick Rubin stamp on it, so to speak. That's a misnomer. Rick Rubin is listed as the producer of that record. Rick Rubin was the owner of Def Jam. Did he just put his name on that label? Are people assuming that he did more than than, than actually did? Did the Shockleys yeah. completely that, do that, that, that first that, record? The first record was done by Eric Vietnam Sadler, Hank Shockley, Keith Shockley, Bill Stephanie, Chuck, Flavor. That who, that's who put that record together. Now, did they go get approval from Rick? Absolutely. Rick was the executive producer. But was Rick in the studio with them from time to time? No, they went and recorded in Green Street. That album was all basically their sound. The phenomenal, phenomenal change that changed everything for P.E. was when we took the record, I remember I went and promoted the record too, up to Mr. Magic, Public Enemy Number 1, and we went to play it, and Magic criticized 
public enemy number one. Hard. Oh, this is a record from those guys out long Island. Oh, because he had a rivalry with us because of BAU. I mean, at the time, they knew BAU existed and they understood the amount of attention we were getting on the island and how we were competing with them. So when he did that thing, there's no more music by the suckers, no more music by the suckers. That's where that comes from on It Takes a Nation of Man. I guarantee you, no more music by the suckers, no more music by the suckers, no more music by the suckers. But what happened is that, because Chuck's still had a job, we all were still working, and when they recorded Yo Bum Rush the Show, that album didn't come out for six to seven a year before it actually came out on the, on the Def Jam Columbia deal. So that material was dated. It had been sitting. So Chuck got mad. So when they wanted to release the second single, You're Gonna Get Yours, Chuck was like, wait a minute. And he made Rebel Without a Pause. And he made it, and he knew it was going to drop at the same time. And I got to give the genius, I guess, between Bill, Hank, Keith, Chuck, Flav, and Eric, Vietnam Sadler. When Chuck put that together, that song, and it dropped, it was the bomb. Yes, the rhythm's a rebel. Without a pause, I'm lowering my level. The hard rama, where you never been, I'm in. You want styling? You know it's time again. D, the enemy, telling you to hear it. They play the music, it's time to play the lyrics. Some say no to the album, the show. Bum rush the sound. I made a year ago. It was the perfect timing. It's amazing. Perfect time. And it, was, and it made such a noise beside the the loud screech in it, it changed the attitude of way they wanted to record. Rick wasn't there when they recorded that record. But when he heard it, he was like, oh my God, what is this? Because the first album they did was very political and had a lot of tones to it. And it, it had nothing that made you really want to go, oh yeah, this is really cool. But when they went in the remix, uh, You're Gonna Get Yours, it became, okay, that's still on the album. What's so diff different and big about that? But they took advantage of the B-side. And we had these conversations before. You ever hear these records? You turn the B-side over and the B-side's better than the A-side? She said, yeah, because the B-side was recorded just before the record came out. So whatever the vibe and the element of the audience that was there, they took advantage of it. And how could they take advantage? We knew. So they went to the raw elements of what they knew would work, the raw pieces, and Chuck was pissed because it basically was magic trying to insult them. Insult us because of who we were and where we came from. And when that came out, he couldn't stop it. So Red Alert, Chuck Chill Out, killed the record. They played it like ridiculous. Right. It was like, what the hell, yo, what is this? And magic had to, Magic and Molly had to bend to that pressure. It became that song. And it went on from there to bring the noise to then after Bring the Noise, they changed Shift the Gears when it did It Takes a Nation of Man. But was Rick Rubin involved in that? I don't think so. <laughs> so but again, you'll read more about that in my book. Yeah, I mean, th that's the stuff that people want to know because you were there and we just see it on a record. Like, you know, we see Suge Knight on the back of a, a Death Row album, but it doesn't mean Suge Knight produced, produced the record. So in 88, this is what we're at 88 right now. This is, it takes a nation of millions. Def Jam released three albums that year. If I recall, it was that it mm -hmm. was the great adventures of slick Rick. And it was original concept straight from the basement mm -hmm. of Cooley high. So to be sandwiched with 
those albums, do you feel that your record didn't get the proper push or attention that it that it deserved at that time? Let's rewind the tape, real simple. And then I'm going to tell you some of this, but the rest you got to check out in the book. Simple and plain. The problem with Straight, straight from the Basement and Cooley High is the same problem it had with Yo Brummer's The Show. It was on the shelf for over a year. The last songs I recorded were Charlie Says, and I held back that because I watched what Chuck did with Rebel Without a Pause. So we tried to do something to change that the music that was already recorded, and it was dated. We were like, Ugh. You know, I, they weren't going to say, okay, go back in and re-record a whole album. I would have done it, but it was like, we were at odds with Rick, because Rick hated rapper G in my group, Original Concept. Hated him with a passion. Why is that? I mean, he sounds too much like LL. I said, he don't even sound anything like LL. What are you talking about? Yes, he does. Sounds like LL. No, he doesn't. Oh, he's not good. But yet, Rapper G, T-Money, and myself wrote Proud to be Black for Run DMC's Raising Hell Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We wrote that from start to finish. In studio. On the fly. In studio. On the fly. It was like, Drake, uh, we need an anthem record. What? We need an anthem record, a black record. And I sat there and, and they did say, yo, we want to have these, these, these people put this together. So I went in the studio. I made the beat. T came on and put some percussion on. And we were like, okay, there's the beat. They were like, yo, this beat's crazy. It's crazy. Okay. Where the words? What do you mean, where the words? I thought you was writing the words. Went back to Rapper G. said, uh, Joe, we got to put, we got to make something with this. And he said, hmm, hmm. And I said, it's got to be something about being proud to be black. It's got to be that. We, we got to come up with an anthem like, you know, say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. Proud to be black. He said, okay. And he wrote the whole thing based on the way the beat went. So we said, okay, we got it. And he came in the studio and we played it for him. And he did it live in front of them. And they were like, yo. They were like, yo, this is crazy. This is hot. So they said, dude, record it. Just record where you just did it. And then Jay and, I mean, uh, Running D went in and imitated what he did. Word for word. Hmm. Jay came back and put scratches on it and did those little things to it. But Rick, but that's basically probably black was done. Run DMC asked him to go and open on the on the Raising Hell tour. So I went on the road with the Beasties. And when I was on the road with the Beasties in the back of the tour bus, I wrote a funny little song called Pump That Bass. I had my drum machine with me and I was sitting in the back of the bus and I started developing what the song should be and how it should sound and the whole thing. Because when I was going out in front of all those audiences and crowds of people and holding out here, I saw it was making them jump. And then I would go out there to start. I would say, can you feel it? And I was like amazed how, how so many people knew this song. I was like, okay, all right. How do I follow this up with a strong follow-up? I used to fly back in when we had off days and finish recording it and putting it together. And then Steve Ed and I went in Chung King and edited for 36 and a half hours. I remember I only had two days 
to play with. So I went in there for, for one and a half days, and we edited, pumped that bass, and put it together. And when we played it, and I played it for Rick, Rick was like, yo, this is crazy. Yo, when did you have the time to do this instead of did it on the back of the tour bus? Yo, this is hot. What's the A-side? And we came with this song called Biting My Styling. And you know, no one ever talks about that track. It was one of my favorite tracks when I got it as a 12. It, it, and it's what's funny, it's one of my son's favorite tracks. He goes, how come you put this on the album? Because it was three years old. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, nah, nobody. That's why we didn't put Knowledge Me on the album. It was four years old. It didn't make sense to put it on it. So we put Knowledge and Pump That Bass came out and became a huge hit. I hated that you put Can You Feel It 88 Remix. I'm like, where the fuck's the original mix, man? The reason we did that is that Def Jam put our Def Jam mix sampler with the original Can You Feel It on it. Right. Remember, we're trying to get an album out, and I'm trying to refresh the music that had been recorded. That was stale. And it was sitting. Yeah. All, all that music that you heard there, those were like last-minute remixes to at least get it to come out and have a, a, a semi-fresh fresh sound to it. The original Get Stupid was crazy. It was crazy. But then we went in there and we were like, oh, you can't do this. Oh, you got Aerosmith in there. You can't do that. I said, what do you mean I can't do something? How come everybody else can do something and we can't? Right. And it became a fight. Then Rick was like, I hate Rapper G. So he and I got into this war. And so when I left the Beasties on the road at Raising Hell to go finish the original concept album, I was ostracized and I became what you would call the Pete Best of Def Jam, of the Beastie Boys. And if you know who Pete Best is when it came to the Beatles, that's who I was. Wow. Did that cause riffs through the years, or you were cool with the Beasties after that? Um, I DJed for them one other time after that. And then when we see each other, we're cordial. But if you look on, in their book, they don't mention me like that. But a lot of stuff that they were doing, and see what I had discovered, as I tell you the story in the book about it, and you'll hear it, you'll go, you got to be kidding me. This is what happened. So a few years later, you link up with Ted. You and Ed, as well as Fab Five, are now on Yo! MTV Raps, which I believe aired a year before in Europe. Although I don't know, was it under the same Just, uh, just Yo, just Yo. It was just Yo? Yeah. I didn't hook up with Ted. That's not how this happened. I used to DJ these lost parties in the city. Hit people would come out and hang out. And a gentleman by the name of Peter Darty, who I had met with the Beasties at some time, came over to me and he's like, yo, man, you're really good. He said, let me, say, let me ask you a question. I said, what? You ever see a show called Yo MTV Rap? I said, yeah, I saw that. Um, you guys recorded that at the Nassau Coliseum because I was there because I introduced Public Enemy on the stage. And the funny thing is I remember when I was watching it on TV, I was on the stage introducing Public Enemy and Run DMC was the host and they were hosting the show. And I said, oh, snap, I'm on TV. Mom, look, I'm on TV. He said, well, what do you think about it? I said, what do you mean what I think about it? And he whips out his card and hands it to me. He said, yo, I work for MTV and had a shamrock on it and MTV. He said, you want to come by my office so we can talk about it? I said, really? You really want my opinion? Sure, why not? So long story short, Peter asked him about doing this. He said, so what do you think? Um, you think uh, you want to come on and maybe help the show? I said, yeah, I, I got an idea to do something. And he said, I'll tell you what, tell me what you want to do, shoot it for me and let me see it. I said, okay. 
So I went back to, I went home and I got my crew together and team money and myself. And we started coming up with the idea to do this thing in the barbershop. And we went to do this thing called Slick Cuts that would go as a segment into your MTV raps. So Fred, Freddie would, you know, go to the segment and be Slick Cuts. And I would come up with these comedy bits to help, you know, boost up what was going on. And the guy that we wanted to have his hair cut didn't show up. And Pete was like, yo, Dre, it's an hour. What are we doing? Are we going to do this or not? So he picks up the camera. I jump in the chair and I do the bit. And, you know, Dr. Jackson cuts my hair and it's funny. Everybody laughs. Peter takes the tape. Yo, this is great. I'll be back. He takes the tape from T, goes to the city. I call him. He says, yo, can you come over here? I said, yeah. I run over to MT, go back up to his office. And he says, yo, everybody up here loves this. This is great. He said, we're thinking about expanding the show to a daily show. I said, really? He said, I want to introduce you to somebody. I said, okay. So he takes me down the hall. And he says, hey, this is, my, this is my PA, Ted Demi. Now, I heard the name Ted and Demi, and I'm wondering in my head when I heard Demi, I said, is he related to Jonathan Demi? It can't be that many Demis. I don't know that many Demis in the world. But Ted was from Long Island. We shook hands, and I had on my Def Jam jacket. He said, yeah, man, I heard about you. I heard this, you know, you know this and the other. People, yeah, a lot of people talk about you, man. So he and I shoot an audition tape in his office. He said, that's great. He said, um, uh, go back to Peter's office and I'll call you. So when I go out of his office and I walk down the hall, I see this skinny, tall black guy across the hall. I'm like, oh, man, ain't no way this big, flat, fat black guy is going to get a job at MTV. I said, they must be auditioning that guy, too. He looks more like MTV than me. So I'm laughing. I go back in Peter's office. We're, we're joking because we're, we're being cordial. We're friends and we can hang out. Ted comes running down the hall. And he says, could you come back with me to my office? I said, yeah, okay. Walked back to his office. He says, hey, I want to introduce you to somebody. He said, this is, this is my friend, Ed Lover. I said, Ed Lover? He said, yeah. I said, oh, I'm Doc. He said, I know who you are. I listen to you at BAU. I know this and the other. So he's running my resume down to me. <laughs> I'm like, yo, wow, hey, man, what's going on? He said, I, I got an idea. He said, would you mind sitting together with him and let's just do like an audition together? Let's see you guys work you know, what you, what you guys can come up with. So we did some, some funny stuff and talked about videos and other songs on camera. And then we spotted these Jamaican uh, dreadlock wigs that Ted had hanging up on his coat rack. So we put those on and went to this whole Jamaican routine off, just off the cuff. Very improv. Ted fell out laughing. Jumped up, took the tape, and ran down the hall. I said, hey, man, nice meeting you. Slap that with Ed. Yo, bro, I'll get, I'll get to you later. So I went back down to Peter's office. Ted comes running in with Peter. He says, Dre, come back down here. I want to talk to you with Ed. Would you guys mind? We want to try you guys out to host the Yom TV Raps Daily Show. Would you mind working with each other? And I looked at Ed, and Ed looked at me, and I said, I want to think about it. I said, I got nothing against him. I don't know the guy. I said, we were just fooling around. I, I, I mean... I had no problem with it. So I went back down to Peter's office and Peter pulled me in and Peter said, don't tell them the rest of the story till they read the book, Dre. And I said, that's a better idea. But eventually what happened is that I agreed to do it. And that's how the partnership with Ed and I got together because he was good friends with Ted Deming and Ted brought him in because he was a good friend of 
uh, Ed's friend, Kurt Flirt, and they they had a relationship. So Ted was Ted's forethought to put Ed and I together for us to then host your own TV raps today. That's how that came about. Would you say your chemistry with Ed was immediate? Absolutely. You know what the uniqueness of why our chemistry was immediate and why it worked? We had no clue who each other were. Mm-hmm. We had nothing to lose. We had nothing to lose, and that was part of my decision of why I decided to do it. Right. I said, I don't want to be a crab in a barrel. I don't want to be what normally happens to most black artists and most black opportunities where we go, well, I'm, I'm going to get this, not you, and I'm going to do this. And, I'm, and we have to honestly give a lot of uh, thank, thankfulness to Fab Five Freddy because Fab Five Freddy was offered the Daily Show first. And so I said, no, I don't want to get bogged down doing this every day. No. Nah. Let me ask you a question about Fab. You know, a lot of our listeners kind of uh, wrote in knowing we were going to talk with you tonight. And a lot of them were questioning, you know, who did it best? Was Fab Five, you know, a better host? Did you guys like the Dre and uh, Ed era? What was your honest opinion about Fab's role? I mean, a lot of people have their opinions. I, I just want the short answer of what you thought, you know, how Fab did as a host originally with the show. I think... I think you've noticed I never have a short answer. Yeah, I know. So I'm trying to... (laughs) We have so much to cover. This episode's going to be longer than Roots. Yeah, and I don't want to do like an editing crazy (laughs) chop-ass job. So I I know. You know know. what I'm saying. I'm going to cut the answers down because you're asking me stuff that I got a backstory a little bit for you so you have an understanding. Without Fab, there was no Young TV Raps because Fab was on the air at least three to four months before we even got there. So if it didn't work with Fab, you sure as hell wasn't going to work with us because it would have been canceled. Fab was doing something and going to uncharted areas that no one could have pulled off the way he did at that time. I agree. I agree. He just couldn't do it. It couldn't have been done. I wasn't sure if you were trying to answer Peter in a way where you had something to offer because, you know, you were thinking about, you know, the future for yourself. Um, I never wanted to be in front of the camera. Right. I told you, I didn't fit the MTV look. I'm a big, fat black guy from Long Island. What the hell am I doing on what am I doing on MTV? It was skinny guys, it was downtown Julie Brown, everybody was slick and the whole thing. I'm coming from this other edge. What Peter was offering me is I wanna let you become a producer on this show and can you bring something to the show to Fab show? And I said, Here's what I could bring. Show me you can do it. So when I showed him I could do it, I got picked because the guy that was supposed to get in the chair and do the segment didn't show up. Wow. You should do it. And then when I got down there and I did the audition in front of Ted, and Ted loved it, and then he said, well, he tried Ed out, and he saw both of us. In Ted's mind, he said, well, I could put these two guys together. This would be something different on MTV that doesn't exist right now. And it's two black guys on MTV. And, and it worked. It worked It worked great. That's what I was going to say. I mean, you, you guys provided a balance where it was a necessary balance because while, while Fab may have had a little bit more credibility or it was, I shouldn't say more credibility because like you, you put on work, but he was more established and recognizable within the music industry. You and Ed, for many people, especially those not familiar with, you know, Adelphi and, and original concept, you guys were like a very necessary core to, to the whole yo, uh, you know, uh, dynasty, if you will. You provided the necessary balance, the comedic element that I think Viacom was probably very happy with, because while it took a very serious side of fab 
it was a very lighthearted and fun side with you guys. And it almost invited a newer demographic into the, into the MTV audience, if you will. Ed and I offered the uh, comic relief of everything. Exactly. But yet, when it was time to be serious, it could be. Because when we first started, and remember, MTV at that time, and this is why I give credit to Ralph McDaniels and Lionel Martin's video music box. That was a, a borough hit because it was on that UHF channel and you had to hold the other antenna and you had to fizz it in and come in fuzzy. We were on MTV. We were on cable. And I lived in Westbury, Newcastle, Long Island. We had cable. When we first started doing Yo, Ed lived in Queens. He didn't have cable. So I used to record the show and give him a copy. Oh, man. Because we couldn't see it. Cable wasn't there. Brooklyn, cable wasn't there. The Bronx, cable wasn't there. Parts of Manhattan, cable wasn't there. But outside of the tri-state area, MTV itself was huge. It certainly was a backdrop for everyone after school every day or college or whatnot. I mean, but our show was designed to stay in the studio. Fab was traveling. He was everywhere. He could go here. He can go there. He could be uptown. He could be in L.A. He could be over here. Boom. We knew we had to do it fast, well, and be out and hope we could be and make an impact. So. We knew we weren't going to be sitting on the air talking 25 minutes, talk show style. And no, bang, bang, bing, bing. Here's what it is. Talk about your experience and get out. So we came up with little crazy skits. So our first guest on Yo! MTV Raps Today, that's why the show was called Yo! MTV Raps Today. Most people just dropped it today, but you can't because we were on five days a week. Our first guest on Yo! MTV Raps Today was a woman who has an award-winning Broadway show right now, which is about to end. On Broadway, her name is Carol King. Carol King, what's Carol King doing on your TV Raps? We were on the set, <clears throat> we were shooting the show, and they used to have this little grandstand on the side. And I guess she was waiting to do an interview with some with like one of the other VJs at the time. And that was the difference between um, all the other VJs on MTV and Dr. Dre, that mother, and Found by Freddie. We were never considered VJs. We were hosts. We were the only hosts ever on MTV. So I looked over and I said, Ted, who is that over there on the grandstand? I said, hold on, I'll find out. So he walked over there and he asked. He came back and said, oh, that's Carol King. I said, Carol King? I said, Carol King, she said, would she want to be on the show? He said, okay, hold on. And he walked over to Carol King because she was sitting over there laughing at everything we were doing. She thought it was hysterical. She came down off the thing. We went to the next segment and she was sitting on your own TV restaurant. So she was like, but guys, I'm not really into rap music. I said, yeah, but you're, you're a great songwriter. You have tapestry, you know, we're talking. And she's astonished that we know her music and we heard know her history. And we're laughing and she was the first guest on Yo! TV Raps today. That stuff could never even happen anymore because it was such a, you know, an, a, a prepubescent stage of, of MTV. You know, they allowed things to happen. No, they didn't care. When we did Yo, when we did Yo, for all the years we did Yo, they only cared about Yo uh, the last two years of Yo and TV Raps. I was in Ted's office and said, Ted, give me that turntable. I'm going to bring my mix. I'm going to play music live on the air. You can't, you can't play music. I said, I'm gonna be, I said we're going to change the way it's done. So I brought stacks of records and I played it live. And said, Yo, that's a good idea. 
Ed and I agree, whatever we do, don't be MTV. Be us. You bring Queens out, Dre, you bring out um, Westbury, Newcastle, Long Island, and we'll put those elements together and just let the world see that. Don't try to accom- Don't try to be a part. Be who we are. And we stuck to that. We put blinders on. Because not only did we do the show, we programmed the show. So every video you saw, we programmed those days and those shows. And at that time, again, there weren't a lot of videos. There just wasn't a whole bunch of videos. So when we started picking stuff like the two live crew would move something, and we started picking, uh, we used to play Bob Marley in the Whalers. We played James Brown. We played Parliament Funkadelic. And then you'd see Heavy D. You'd see um, all these other different groups that were just budding and coming out with videos. Because at the time, remember, everybody wasn't getting a video. And we'd go back and find older videos. We played the, the message with Grandmaster Flash and Spot because we made it. We made Young TV Raps today bigger than just being a rap show. We made it the show. We said, we're going to be, when you turn this on, we want to make sure you don't want to turn it off. So MTV, you said, didn't really care until the final two years, say, right? In 93 is when you actually dropped Who's the Man? So ironically, you had two more years of Yo! So when you said they they kind of cared Mm -hmm. about you more in the final two years... Was it because now you guys are in an actual film in theaters, like you are on the big screen, like this this brand from MTV, from Yo MTV Raps, you and Ed Lover are stars of your own movie, along with uh, you know uh, Ted Demi. So was that the switch in in their interest in the show? You think? I'll give you a little story about who's the man, and the rest I got I gotta be a little selfish. Because there's a lot of detail in the book about what happened. When we did Who's the Man, MTV didn't want us to do Who's the Man. They had done this movie called Joe's Apartment. Oh, about the roaches? About the roaches. (laughs) And they were like, that was the first MTV branded movie from MTV. And they they were like, well, Trey and Ed, they're, they're so popular. You guys need to do a movie with us. But we said, okay, wow, we're going to be doing movies for MTV. This is cool. Bye, all. It's going to be kind of crazy. And then we went and saw Joe's apartment. I ain't making no roach movie. You're crazy. When we at MTV decided to make our first movie, we knew the kind of hero America was yearning for. Someone young, fearless, and resourceful. A survivor. We came up with Ralph. (laughs) Give me a kiss, babe. Who wants to go to a movie theater and see a movie about roaches? So our manager at the time, who also used to be former manager for the Fat Boys, we busted our tail to put Who's the Man together. So Ed and I came up with the story. I wanted to do a a cop movie, but keep it in the reality form of like 48 hours. But with us, and Ed came up with this idea about wanting to do this thing about oil in Harlem, that we kind of came up with the barbershop thing together. We talked about it, and we started formulating the story. And once we got the story together, um, our agent found a writer, Seth Greenland, and we told him the idea of the story. And he formulated and put it together into a screenplay. And that's how Who's the Man came, came about. We had seen what happened with um, Kid and Play with House Party. And we said, Ed and Dre are just as talented as Kid and Play. So we wanted to do this Who's the Man movie. And it wasn't even called Who's the Man. I forgot what it was called, but it, it became Who's the Man. And we decided on the title. 
But while we shot Who's the Man, we shot Yo MTV Raps every week. We were there. So certain days on Who's the Man, we would be shooting Yo MTV Raps. And we'd have the other... Uh, the different artists that would come through and they would be guests on the show and we'd sit down in the middle of the, middle of the street shooting, shooting Young TV raps. Then we'd have to stop, go shoot scenes for Who's the Man, then come back. And we would never change change our clothes. So it always just worked. The, um, the soundtrack to Who's the Man was pretty popular. Did you guys have any influence on what was on there? Or was it all Puffy's doing? I called the Who's the Man soundtrack. Puffy got rich on, he had Mary J. Blige. And Jodeci. And he had Heavy D. The rest of that crap he made up. Third Eye Blind, <laughs> Biggie Smalls. The only song on the, the soundtrack that was that was unique and, and uh, from an unknown artist was Party and Bullshit by Biggie. Yep. That was a great song for the for the for the for the movie. All the other stuff. Who's in Third Eye Blind? I forgot what group they split it off and became. But originally Ted and I were going back and forth because I was trying to get the Bomb Squad to do the soundtrack, because mm-hmm. they had just done the Juice soundtrack. And he was like, oh, we can't afford them. I said, dude, let me talk to them. This is important that we have the right music. So House of Pain did the opening song, Who's the Man, because Heavy had already came out with Who's the Man, one of his albums, and they didn't want to take that song, because it had already been out, and then put it in the movie as a song, so they let House of Pain do that. I used to kick it with the dogs, pushing drugs in the park, making every mark that was and then the rest of that stuff, I don't know how Puffy put that soundtrack together. But we came with, but we knew we had Mary J. Blige. We had a good, better deal with Uptown that Charlie and Ted came about. But I was trying to get actually uh, Hank and the Bomb Squad and, and Keith and them to do the soundtrack for Who's the Man. Now, given all of the success, whether it was from the movie or uh, just Yo in general or your earlier career, I mean, did you find that you had a lot of people who were haters? I mean, you guys were doing something unconventional and against the grain of what most video shows were doing. I'll never forget when I was at a Jack the Rapper's Nest one time, and Yo was Yo was cooking at this time. This was in the early '90s, and I got in the elevator and I was going down to the to the one of the p- panels. And I got on the elevator, it was Barry White, Isaac Cage, and Don Cornelius. And I was like, oh, shoot. Oh, I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. And I'm like, hey, this Barry White, oh, man, I grew up with you, I love your music. He's like, yeah, sir, no, this, I, I feel you, boy. Uh, it's Isaac Hayes, <laughs> Black Moses, it's Black Moses, you're short. I can't believe you're short. What is, you always look so tall. Hold on, Black Moses. And I said, oh, my God, it's Don Cornelius. Oh, train! Next week on these same stations, and you can bet your last money. It's all gonna be a stone gas, honey. I'm Don Cornelius, and as always, in parting, we wish you love, peace, and so. He looked at me and he said, Yo, young blood, you need to chill out. You ain't shit. I was like, What? He said, Oh, you think you wanna fucking replace me? You out of your mind. I've been in this business so long. I'm like, Whoa, whoa! Whoa, I'm your biggest fan. Why would you disrespect me like that? I said, let me tell you something, man. The reason we're kicking your ass is you're still in the 70s. We're in the 90s. Maybe you need to have us on your show, and you'll figure it out. Damn. I was like, whoa. But then Barry White stepped up and said, yo, man, leave Young Blood alone. I like Young Blood. 
And Isaac Hayes is the same way. Yo, yo, blood, do what I say. Yo, he plays our music, which I was doing. I'm playing their other music. I'm, we're in prison. We had nothing but love and admiration for Don Cornelius. For him to come out his face at me like that, oh, you know, it just made me sour. Like, yo. So that's when we knew we were making an impact all the way around. People, anything we wanted, anything we wanted to do. At one point, I used to have say this story uh, to Chuck and Hank. We'd have our meetings afterward while this was all going on. I said, one time in my history, we ruled the radio. We ruled TV, records. And then we were getting in the movie. I don't care what goes on right now. At that time, that was unheard of. And Dre, given the fact that you guys were moving into a lot of different arenas, I'm sure everyone out there listening thinks that, you know, everyone goes home with millions of dollars. But what were you guys getting paid back then? <laughs> As I said, the one thing we heard when we first got to MTV was, don't think about getting rich here. They don't pay. Right. Even when we became extremely popular, I give credit to Charles Stetler, who went in there and negotiated a decent contract for us. But for our first three years there... So it took three years. But I got to look at it from both sides of the coin. We were getting paid a decent salary for one day and one hour's worth of work. Even though you saw us on the air for five days in a row, it took us one hour to take the show for five days. Right, wow. But the brand, you are a part of the brand. I mean, you guys released... Not you, but Jive released uh, compilations. The one thing we learned, and this is what you got to learn when you read my book. Who was the star of the show? And we this was brought, told to us very clearly. You're on MTV, but MTV is the star. That's it. But they gave us, but being on MTV gave us opportunities and perks sure. to do things. We became we we were able to affect fashion when we started wearing our hats with the tags on it because we did that. We were oh that was DVD. No, they didn't. They watched that from us because we couldn't. MTV wouldn't let us wear logos, so we would wear the hat and leave the tag going. So the company would see the tag and they would send us tons of hats. So Dre, do you think you are the uh, main driving factor of Starter being such a large brand in the nineties? Because uh, honestly, how many how many hats and jackets do you own? <laughs> <laughs> At that time, uh, so, you know, but here's the unique thing: because of my size, I didn't get a lot of clothes. I had to go buy my clothes. Big and tall wasn't as robustly popular with the with the fashionable things of the day. Ed was the size. So when all the, the, the um, cross colors and the Carl Kanai's and the Walker Wears and all those type of companies came out with clothes, they gave Ed clothes. For me, I'd have to go buy a pair of jeans and pants, give it to them, and then they would mark it against me and say, okay, now we got clothes for you. So they'd bring me a couple of pair of overalls and a couple of pair of pants. Ed would be getting boxes of boxes of clothes. And it was like, wow, this is messed up. So what MTV did, and MTV never gave me a wardrobe, but they gave me a wardrobe budget so that I could buy clothes for the Yo Show. So I would go to big and tall stores, and I would pick out stuff that I thought would look cool on the set. The one thing they didn't care about is when I started buying the hats, the fitted hats. And then we started getting the starter hats, um, and they went from the snaps to trying to find fitted. And once I got the new era, and we started wearing the Yankee fitted hats, and then I just started mixing it up. But they would send stuff to me and send stuff to Ed, and we would choose what we wanted to wear. 
which also gets into how I got to start my own clothing line. All good things come to an end, and unfortunately, 95 was the end of Yo. Where were you guys when you were told that MTV was going to discontinue this show? Well, originally what was said to us is they weren't, they didn't want to discontinue the show. We said we were discontinuing the show because they said Yo had run its court because now most of the videos were going on main MTV. So they didn't need, because we had Vanilla Ice and Hammer and all these other groups, and they were going straight to main rotation and then TV. Yo, the specialty shows weren't working between us, Hard 30, Club MTV. They were cool, but they 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 had run its course. I remember my manager, Charlie, was doing everything he could to keep us on the air at MTV. But Ed and I had already branched out into doing a morning show on Hot 97, which ended up becoming the first hip-hop morning show. It gave us some leverage to stay on MTV. And we could talk about it, but the rest of the country couldn't hear it because the deal we had signed to go on Hot 97 was that they would syndicate it across the country. And once again, I have to say, at this time, no internet. There was no the technology didn't exist the way it did. There was no station to syndicate to. So we were kind of marooned to New York and doing the show. But because of our visibility on MTV, we were able to make that show a huge phenomenon. And we actually went out and beat Howard Stern in the rating at the time. Which is impressive. I mean, especially for New York numbers. But I want to just jump back one quick second to the last episode of Yo!, um, I was just watching it before we uh, we got to speak to you, and I was just reminiscing about uh, you know the fact that Hammer was there from the West Coast, and you also had someone like MC Search there from Third Base, and there was always bad blood between those particular groups through their videos. So I just really want to know what was the feeling of the room? Was there a lot of tension between people, or was it all love? I know that uh, Search tried to grab the mic a couple of times, and uh, KRS handed it off to him, but Eric Sermon took it out of his hand. So I just want to know what the overall vibe and feel was that last episode <clears throat> was like um going to a coming home service at your religious whether you're a synagogue a mosque or a church or it was that solemn there was no beef there was so much love amongst everybody there it was like they couldn't believe they were watching the thing that made so many artists so many uh, uh, fans and everything come to an end. Now, MTV would say, oh, no, we didn't say the show was ending. We just were just ending it this way, which was really like a trick for us. They just, they were just saying, well, Dr. Dre and the Love have served, served their purpose. The, 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 the people don't want to see them anymore. And they didn't realize how popular we still were. But that, that last show, it was like a love fest. Everybody loved everybody. There was no real tension at all. When I said that, you know what the only tense part? Is that there were just so many people and the emotions ran so high. And Ed and I and Ted, and that's why they told me, no, Dre, you can't stand turnovers. So I let Scribble DJ for me. Just everybody, you, you and Ed have to be out front. And we went out front, and Ed freestyled, and everybody else freestyled with it. And when we said our goodbyes to, to everybody on that episode, and we just stood there and we looked at each other. We said, I guess our summer job has ended. 
Well, as much love was in the air, and it was probably a very joyous occasion. At moments, it looked like you wanted to f and kill Flavor Flav. Oh, am yeah. I am I right? Break it's, his other arm. There, if, if if you look back at the tape, you you look like, and I know your history goes. It's love. It's unconditional love. But there are moments where you want to fucking strangle him. It looks like Flavor and I have a great love hate each other and it shows that is my brother like no other people would see us when we would do yo and we would start snapping on each other breaking on people's moms i would say stuff about yo man would you let a man with these hands cut your birthday cake <laughs> and people would fall out and they didn't understand our history from bau that's what we did on the air we used to have the bau snap session that's who we were that's the whole point of what yo was about to come on and feel comfortable being you. We never realized how many people were intimidated by Ed and I. We started to understand how many people who thought they knew us didn't know us. Because when we go out in social circles, these same people would come running up to us. Oh, I love you guys. You guys are this, that, and the other. Oh, oh my God. This is... And I said, well, why don't you come on the show? Oh, no, no. I don't want you to, you know, asking me those tough questions. And I was like, what tough questions do we... I never thought about that. I said, I never heard a tough question that ever came out of our mouth. Toughest question I asked is, I told Tupac, why are you out here yelling, bug laughing, yelling about trying to burn burn the house down? I said, you're crying fire in, in, in a crowded theater. Dude, come on, man. There's a better way to do this. That wasn't a tough question. Toughest question he got is when they had to ask him about what happened with the Hughes brothers. Yep. <laughs> and every time to put his man over, I was like, yo, shut up, man. Don't say it. Don't say it. What was going on was Pac was saying too much and he incriminated himself because they took the tape, right? Yeah, top, he was incriminating himself. So Ed jumped in front of him and put his hands over and said, yo, dude, you can't say that. You still got to go to court. It's crazy. But that happened on your own TV Raps live. That's not It just happened. That was that was the beauty of the show. I mean, if we could sit down with Bill Cosby at that time, who was the biggest star in the world in the Cosby show, and he came on your own TV Raps and didn't feel threatened, Matter of fact, when he came on the Young T Raps, it's a very funny story. He came in the building, and everybody was like, oh, my God, Bill Cosby's here. Every MTV executive came to the set. So I'm out there sitting the turntables up, and he's sitting in the chair, and he and I are talking, and I, because I've known Bill Cosby for years prior to that. And he looks over to me, and he says, are all these people that are here, here when you guys usually take the show? I said, nobody's usually here. You said, you're sure? I said, absolutely. Nobody. These people never come down to the set. He said, all right, I'm making an announcement. Whoever's here, when these guys normally do the show, you stay. Everybody else either leaves or I leave. And the executive's like, how dare he? And so Bill put, up, put on his fedora. He grabbed his newspaper, put his jacket on. He said, and I'm out. <laughs> all of a sudden, people scattered. A whole tail out of there. And he came back to you, oh, now we can do the show. Because he knew that was all crazy. It, it makes the show fake. He said, there's nothing wrong with you guys having an audience and doing that. That's fine. But what makes you guys so so unique and so strong is that you guys do this from the heart. And it, it's very visible. And now with them sitting there and Ed was getting into one of his characters, Perry J. Periwinkle III, and Bill loved that, that character. We were going back and forth, and he was like, yeah, man, you guys, you got this thing that's working really well. 
So you guys go. Bye bye. <laughs> and that's how we got Bill Cosby. So if Bill Cosby can sit there and hang with us. What was the pressure? I never understood that. Well, I just think some celebrities have, you know, first of all, most of them don't love hip hop. And, you know, and I think they're always worrying about their image and how they're portrayed. True or false? You weren't that happy with the success of Massa Ace's Born to Roll? False. Good. I didn't know if you were or not. I was kind of fishing. I just, I was always curious of how you felt with that success, which is really your success in a way. That's true. Well, I would say was I more angry at Together Forever by Run DMC than I was with Master Ace. Mm. At least I got credit on that one. Right. <laughs> Together Forever, I never gave you credit. Yeah, that's true. And the thing is, if you really want me to prove what I'm saying, you look up, there's a video called Run DMC, the video. They're playing your instrumental, if I'm not mistaken. I've seen that. Yes. They're playing Knowledge Media Instrumental. Yeah, I remember cause that. Because there was no instrumental in Together Forever. I remember that. The next one. True. That, uh, this You can expound if you want. True or false, were you happy with the way you were portrayed or not portrayed in the Straight Outta Compton uh, movie since you were somewhat of a part of the success of that particular, uh, I guess, group's debut? Oh, you mean Straight Outta Fiction? <laughs> well, <clears throat> well, I, I, I kind of always kind of laugh about that a little bit. But when I watched the movie and I sat there with my son and I was watching this movie... I said, is this a Disney movie? How does this happen? Because if it wasn't for Yo! MTV rap today, NWA wasn't played that way because when they when it was approached to me about playing NWA, Ted said, yo, Dre, there's this other guy who calls himself Dr. Dre in the West Coast. Did I know of him? I remember him from the World Class Record Crew. He said, yeah, but what do you want to do? Do you want to play his video? And I sat there and I paused and I said, why not? Why would I stand in his way? If it's a hit, it's a hit. If it fails, oh well, you'll go by the wayside. And what most people don't realize is that you were a part of filming that scene by the pool in real life. Yeah. There are four scenes in there where they screwed us up. Let's, let's lay it out. And the funny thing is when you watch Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre do the Defiant Ones on HBO, we're all up in there. I was like, what? When you listen to the song Boys in the hood, they're using knowledge me and and um pump that bass. Yeah, I'm like, oh shoot, wait a minute. So you were using all my my music. You were following straight out of straight from the basement of Cooley High because that came out. What came first, Cooley High or Compton? Cooley High came out first. Then the scene where they got thrown out of Detroit. Ed and I were on stage filming Yo MTV Raps because they were told not to do the fuck the police song. So when the, the proposed gunfire came out, which was really just M80s and firecrackers went off and they ran off the stage. They hemmed me up in the back and said, that's Dr. Dre, that's Dr. Dre. And nobody believed that I wasn't Dr. Dre from NWA. And it was like, no, it's Dr. Dre, Ed Lover, you don't see No, no, we got him, we got him. And one of the guys came up to that's Dr. Dre from MTV. What's wrong with you? Don't you know anything? Because they had gone and ran out the back door and ran all the way back to the hotel. Which is crazy. They disappeared. I want to get another NWA question in. I, you know, it was funny. I was watching some old footage uh, from, from my tape collection that I have of Yo. Uh, it looked very uncomfortable watching you guys talk with NWA. And you guys were broadcasting out there uh, in Cali. And it's like uh, Eazy-E and, and Ed Lover had kind of this 
strange exchange of hand movement to the face almost and almost looked like he slapped easy but it was a playful thing but there was just a very weird awkwardness in that whole like interview that I remember. Is there a brief description? Was that the one at the swap and swap meet? Exactly. Was that the one yeah, that yeah, was at the swap meet. That was okay. a, it. Was very odd from a from a watcher. Let me explain something to you. Here's where the image meets the the show. Right. Easy was a very playful, funny guy, but when it came to being on camera, he had this bravado and 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 it's this this way about himself that he had to keep up so when we cut we would be cracking up and laughing but they didn't know what to do because they were like honey they were like we're supposed to be nwa we need those attitudes and with this and then here comes dre and then and they're having a ball with us and we're having fun and we're, we're talking about what brought you to this and it's a comfortable interview it's not like a hard you know back and forth normal interview it's like oh these guys are really cool so when they did the interview with Fab, and Fab was in the back of the truck, and Fab gave this interview, and he was being fabulous, he fit the interview style that he did. But when you got with us, you got the playful in. So a lot of there's a lot of scenes with Dre and I standing together, and we're like, okay, Dre, you come and do the show with Ed, I'll go do, be on NWA. And we would do all that stuff, and it was filmed. So when I got to see that on... on um, the defiant one, I said, why didn't y'all put that in the movie? I didn't get it, but I did get it. It's their movie. You could tell your story the way you want to tell it. And that was also one of the reasons why I got inspired to write the book. Cause I tell that story about what all these things that happened during that time. And it, we always love the reality behind it. Cause that's, that's the real me. When you pull the curtain back, that yeah. is what's the fascinating thing to, to the listeners that grew up watching you guys religiously on TV. So all right, another true or false, me fishing again, but is it true that due to your history with beasties, you had a kindly suggest to MC search and company that there will be no disrespecting of the beasties when on your show. Since they had that beef. The rule we had on, on Joe is you do what you want as long as you can back it up. Well, was there any, was there any beef? Because at that time they were coming real hot uh, you know, for the BCs, and there was a whole uh, thing there. And and I don't know if they knew the history of you being down with the crew. They knew. I knew Search before he did third base. He used to come to BAU. I knew him before I knew the Beasties. They were there to promote their own stuff. Everybody's static. They thought they had was more with Hammer than anything else. It wasn't really with the Beasties. I mean, everybody at that time, what I call the Keep It Real movement. Right. And I used to say, the funny thing about the Keep It Real movement is you want to keep it really broke. Because we laughed at Hammer dancing for popcorn chicken. But now today, everybody and their mom is dancing for popcorn chicken. Mm-hmm. You didn't understand the, the other universal side of the business. Just like where Hammer may have been dancing for popcorn chicken, Vanilla Ice came out, and that became a whole beef between the two of them. Because remember, Vanilla Ice was opening for Hammer. So everybody had their Achilles heel. But third base couldn't have couldn't be an Achilles heel of the Beasties because the Beasties weren't even making records like that that were competing with third base. They'd gone off to check your head and and they were on the West Coast at the time and we were too busy trying to keep it super real. And that's the one thing you really discover about the music and the show is the show breaks those those barriers where 
one set of artists or one set of group of people say, oh, this is our music. This is our thing. Nobody else can get in. You got to come our way. Now, nah, that all got thrown out the window when Yo came around. Right. There would have never been a Ghetto Boys. There had never been an MC Breed. There had never been a Too Short. There had never been a WC in the Mad Circle. So no matter what you say, you may not agree with all these different groups. You may not agree with the outcasts of the world, or you may not agree with my with um with the two live crew. But Yo opened all those doors and said everybody's equal. It doesn't matter if you if you can build an audience and they like what you like. Even Geraldo with um with his song, Rico Yeah, and you know, listen, you guys were definitely the video drive. You know, video became such a huge part of the package to these groups. And I know that my favorite video from the Yo era was Black Steel and the Hour of Chaos. My quick question to you is, what's the one that sticks out most? I, I can never pick a favorite. There are too many of them. Sometimes the most complex ones were like, wow, that was kind of like, even like Black Steel and the Hour of Chaos was a cutting edge, phenomenal video for what it is. When Chuck goes, here it is. Bam, and it's bad. bad about it. It's hysterical. It's like, wow. Yeah, and then everyone was in the video. That was the best part. You know, you had all the cameos. Everybody EPMD was in, was in the cell. I mean, that but, was just revolutionary for me. When you look me. at Hammond's video, when you look at, like, Turn This Mother Out and all that stuff, and his dancing, it was like, whoa, this guy's really something. This is He's got some major energy going on here. Do you still uh, you still talk to Ed on the reg? Ed and I just hosted a... Um, a screening of Who's the Man with Action Brunson two weeks ago. Oh, that's in right. Brooklyn. That's right. That's right. Okay. How about uh, Dennis? Do you, do you still keep in touch with Dennis Leary? Yes. Uh, yeah, I did it. We did a, a Dennis Leary uh, comedy Comedy Central roast. How about Don Cornelius? You ever uh, <laughs> you ever text him? Well, late at night. Let's let's wait. Don Cornelius' favorite record right now is Protect Your Head because uh, he's no longer with us. God rest, God rest in peace. Uh, <laughs> I still respect Don Cornelius for everything he's done because without Don Cornelius, I can't say there'd be a young TV raps doing what we did. I can't, I can't dismiss his 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 contributions and legacy to the world of music. But you know what? Sometimes it, it it's true. It it really sucks to sometimes meet your heroes because yeah. then the reality sets in. And you have a different, true, a different way. And I'm sure not that a lot of these guys are your heroes or your peers, but I'm sure, and this will probably be in your book, that you probably had several encounters on the show where you you probably didn't take a liking to some of these artists. Um, you know, once they did your you show, the wrong way. I'm sure some some people rubbed you the wrong way. It has to happen. There was only one artist that rubbed all of us the wrong way. It was this London rapper. I cannot remember his name for anything. He came on the yo so arrogant and so nasty. And Ed and I were just trying to be, hey, man, what's up? Hey, come on, man. And he didn't understand our good-natured ribbing and fun. And we were asking him questions about, you know, how did he get involved? Who did he follow? He was you guys don't understand. I don't play this stuff with It's like y'all was like just so nasty, and we were like, "All right, man, nice having you. You can go." It was one of the only times we kicked somebody off the set. All right, man, thanks a lot. You can go. No, I think it may have been between ninety and ninety-two, somewhere in there. But it was I just. But a I UK could never guy. Forget this guy. To finish this up, gun to head, and you're not going to answer, but I, I'm going to ask it anyway. Who had the best? verse 
in the last episode freestyle? Ed Mother. Okay. That's so funny. I think I'm not going to go against my partner. Yeah. All, right. All right. Let me keep it simple and funky. Because <clears throat> when I speak of Ed, as far as verse and freestyle, Ed Mother is one of the greatest freestyle rappers I've ever heard in my life. The things that he come off of the top of his head were amazing. And the more people that you put to the challenge in front of him, the more he could stand up to that challenge. A lot of people that were in that cipher were freestyle rappers. They they were songwriters and they could write songs. Yes. Some people were reluctant to grab the mic because they didn't want to get embarrassed. Now KRS One I was gonna say he was, was aggressive enough to jump on because KRS One could keep up with that. KRS One check, check, check. going out, going out with respect. This is the last show, so we gotta anybody. Hey, because of how he ended it and ended the freestyle. And we gave thanks to all the people that helped us make Yo great and participated because the biggest thing is we wanted people to understand we were fans of the music as well as they were. We were just blessed to host the show. So if I ever want to say who was the greatest freestyle of that session, there was no other but set that up. Gotta give credit where credit's due. 1989, we stepped on the scene. Yeah, a brother boy. from Long Island and another from Queens. Hey, coming right behind my man, Fat Five Freddy. Mm-hmm. And people in the hip hop ready, y'all wasn't ready. Peace out to y'all for seven years of good fun. Yeah. Y'all TV raps will always be number one. Well, I think you nailed it. I think Kara's probably one of the few that came off the the dome everyone else is kind of written but i will say on behalf of all white people we apologize for mc search he was a little goofy that episode the backpack was a little too tight <laughs> a little too tight nah. <laughs> but, dude, dude, look, come on understand something at that time and remember that time everybody was trying to maintain their legacy of their and their 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 bright star that's just the way it was. We all know that. Yeah. And you can't, you can't knock that. No, you know, I know. Just show up I, and be there I, and be a part of it and be around it. I can only give high, high compliments to it. That was a very intimidating show. Oh yeah, of course, very intimidating. If you weren't prepared, some people came prepared. No, and no one knew that was going to happen like that. That was so impromptu. Yeah. That's what made the show so great, it, that it, it, it didn't seem like it followed this particular Viacom-driven format. It was a very, you know, I don't want to say everything was uh, off the cuff. but You never knew it was going to happen. It, especially it very, your comedy. It was very yo. Yeah. It was very yo MTV raps today. Yeah. That's what it was. The last episode to me was like the final day in high school and everyone is, you know, going on with their lives and you spent all these years together and and this is what got you to this point. You know what's interesting though about that last point is the fact that the show ended before its time expired maybe is why it still lives in effigy that way, you know, like and can can stand the test of time. I mean, usually when they run a show into the ground, you don't want to ever see another episode. So maybe... Going out early was the right thing to do. Well, it was also part of that whole golden era, golden era part two years. Yeah. And I think, you know, it it ended, if it ended at any time, it ended at the right time, if you think about it, when it, because before you knew it, you had the Jiggy era, which would have really changed the whole dynamic of the show. And from my perspective, it's, you know, I'm happy that it ended this way because had it gone into that particular style of music, it wouldn't live in my mind the same way you know so i'm happy that it kind of 
ended on a high note. So there you have it. Dr. Dre, my man, I appreciate your time, your energy tonight. Uh, the stories were fantastic. And I think uh, we look forward to part two and uh, the stories that are coming out in that book. You're welcome. And I can't, I can't wait to see the final letters. I can't wait to see the final letters. Thanks again, guys. This is Dr. Dre from the internationally world-famous show known as Yo! MTV Raps Today. Now, I don't want you to just check this out. I want you to take it personal. Like, take it personal radio. You're listening to Take It Personal Radio. Make sure you keep listening for giveaways, treats, and great discussions. You already know. Take it personal. Girl, your mom is trying to end this. Your mom's in our business. Now tell your mom to mind our business. 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 Your mom's in our business. She's in our business. Can't you see, girl, that your mom's trying to end this? Your mom's in our business. Now tell your mom to mind our business. 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 
When I first met your mom, I gave your mom respect. But now I see she knows me, I see that she suspects. I'm some bad guy, I don't know why. You have to tell your mother lies about you and I. Now when you first told me, she said I was a no-no. Cause I my hair cut and people call me solo. Before the time you said, you really didn't care. Now you tell me to change my name or even cut my hair. How would you ever go become somebody's wife? And at the age of 22, you let your mother run your life? Me, I'm not the type to tell your moms to get lost. Yell out loud to flip and get my point across. See, I think you should tell your mom to leave us two alone and stop reading all the letters and he's dropping on the phone. Cause if you really like me, you let your mommy know she got her mind on business. Your mom's is in our business, she's in our business, can't you see, girl? Your mom's trying to end this, your mom's in our business. Now tell your mom's to mind our business, business. Your mom's in our business, she's in our business, can't you see, girl? That your mom's trying to end this, your mom's in our business. Now tell your mom's to mind our business, business. Man right here, Cool C. What's up? What's up, dope? Extra massive on the Philly tip. Hilltop posse, you know what I'm saying? Hilltop posse. Primarily, the hilltop is all about some getting down with some good hip hop. Yeah. Am I right? Straight up. So, on the good hip hop tip, tell us a little bit about your new album. Well, my new album is entitled I Gotta Have It. It's very addictive, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> And my first single of the album is called Glamorous Life. Ah, you um, had glamorous life too. Yeah, I like to give the ladies the glamorous life. But like the album is addictive, but it is legal. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, we okay. Legal dope. All right, check saying? it out. He got a legal dope on wax, on vinyl. Yeah. And uh, we gonna roll into the video, which is gonna help us explain like how addictive it is, right? Yeah. What's the name of the video? Well, um, it goes a little bit like this. I like to give the girls the glamorous life. Glamorous life. Oh, yeah. Top oh. five D. Take it, it away. Wax. You know what I'm saying? Oh. No joke. No joke. Girl, and she came to rock my world. All the guys they want to get with her, step back because you know you can't get her. First of all, you got to have money just in order to be a honey. But hey, that's down my line because I like a girl that's fine. Give her everything that she wants, go the money so she can flaunt and show that she got Gucci, Louis Vuitton. MCM styles of every kind. Make a design, I'll paint us. This girl, man, you gotta just see her. She'll be my wife, and that's when she'll live the glamorous life. You're the type of guy 
So competitive bow Homeboy, hold on My rhymes are so strong Nothing could go wrong So why do you prolong Songs that ain't strong Brother, you're dead wrong Ain't got the nerve To have them Star Trek shades on huh. You can't handle the whole weight Your skin needs lotion Teeth need Colgate Wise up, your little burnt up french fry I'm that type of guy And I'll slap you know Just like a sumo Put them in pampers Leave my drawers in a sample When I'm through here Need a brand new identity I'm a scooping girls Before you lost your virginity Jam is just a dreaming MC scheme. Getting crushed by an LL fiend. Something like Shaft put you in a cast. Boom, your little blood clot, boy. You must not know the rep I keep. The MCs I peep sweep. Play cheap and freak with a sheet. You need technique. Get rid of that yuck mouth smile. Cause, brother, you ain't got no style. Keep on. Yeah, 
hear something for them cars that be bumping, bumping, bumping. Yeah, you need a beat that they can front to. Oh, that'll work. Be funky. You know what I'm saying? Cars ride, ride with the human system. Cars ride, ride. Funky, all the cars out there and all the brothers, I like the front and they ride, check it out, you know it's funky, 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 cause you heard it from hearsay, a jam that you love that don't be getting no airplay, strictly for fronting when you're riding around, 12 o'clock at night with your windows down, headlights breaking cause your battery's drained, armor roll on your tires and a big gold chain, parking outside all the hip hop spots, Push the EQ and play connect the dots. Leaning to the side, people everywhere. The trunk full of ants, ain't no room for a spare. Big beats bumping with the bass and back. All us sophisticated suckers catch a heart attack. Cause they don't understand why I act this way. Pumping up the funky beat until the break of day. It's because I want attention when I'm riding by. And the girls be on my jock cause my systems fly. Says what? 
kind of music is this for you? The dance to the man with the plan and the band of Manju. Leave the smack and the crack for the whack, for the ball and the knock, keep a smile like that. Leave the knife and the gun in the store and ignore temptation sent by the nation. Racial game causes pain, needs a new rep. In your hearts and mind, never forget you set. Hawkins, and when you're walking, you know just one. Black on black, remember that it's important. Anyway, the shunless one, bring forth the fun. No hatred, the summer's almost done. No time for sleep. Jump in your Jeep and pump up the funky beat. A holy Beeper goes off, yo, smash it, then trash it. You're too young to be plumped in a casket. Just get your boys and bring the noise and just swing it. And for the people, sing it. I'm just blessed to be near every one of you because the one thing about myself, Ed, we were fans of everybody. We're sitting on stage. We may be working it and doing it, but we're fans. That's where the genuine love of the game is. And big up to T-Money all the time. It's the peace and blessing from everybody out there. And the whole whole thing is it's always about the love. Because when we, we were doing this, we were doing it sometimes and we never got paid or you got jugged out of something. And you were like, dang, I can't believe this happened. And you know what? We went right back and did it again. Did it again. Did it again. Did it again. Yeah. If my name was David Ruffin Quick to toast an MC Just like an English muffin Don't worry about a thing Because the food was never bluffing I get headaches from the whack So then I take a buffin And I max I wait until the optimal time And then I tax But shit I max And it's sending this for sinners So I guess I'm not a sinner Beginners for beginners So I guess I'm no beginner This is how I spark it money in my pocket When it comes to having pleasure I get hard as a rocket MC Grand Food Coming through all the residue The songs are main classic Dating back to the Babaloo My boys I call them pop Out of them jock and I can think of many episodes I swung a Lincoln Park. No, I'm not a phony and I got a tenderoni. Love the way she is, not too fat, not too bony. Don't drink, shake, I won't sink like a tank. I knock the boots off a certain Casablanca and I thank her. Some rap for sink, like Engelbert Humperdinck. Better yet, Dick Cabot. I got a bad habit, similar to the girl. Well, she's got a habit. I think with the brain and I wish behind a zipper. I'm living kind of good, similar to Jack Tripper. A landlord named Roper did a show at the Copa. When I'm finished with this, I'll be paid like Oprah. So if honey wants to act I'll just play like God and I'm Stick out your thumb and hits Cause you've been cut off like a light switch See I'm programmed to slam with the summer, spring, or fall Before I do a show I get some kicks out the mall Then I get my gear and I give Trevor a call Cause he works in the barbershop right behind the mall Other rappers try to rhyme me but you know they got dead To put it blunt Honey I swim the kids So book is back off, break north Here comes the regulator Betcha that's a fine day. My suitcase is packed and I'm going on a trip to Michaelphia. I go for self and still be slamming. The school bell is ringing and I call somebody cramming for the test. Oh yes, my study guy was thick. I cut you with my verbal, didn't it hurt you? Just a nick off your face. Don't play possum, watch me and I'll blossom like a rose. And get some new clothes and I'm fresh straight from Rob. Jump on the phone and dial the now room. I'm the come one, come all. We about to get hectic. If my crew don't get in, then the X makes an X to the rear. I'm out of here. Don't front on my brothers. I take care of them before I take care of others. The wood bats is doomed in the 90s. It's aluminum. Step to the stage with a mic and I'm doing them something awful. I'm a citizen and I'm lawful. I go to hunting up for 
the policeman's ball. I got the power to make a car stop. I get some drinks from Glackens. And when the crowd slackens, I stop drinking. And then I start thinking about days in the past when Derek X was last. But now I'm on the top. Damn, news travels fast because I'm like that. They can't see this. Read my book, it contains many pieces of verses. I took the time to delete all the curses. So moms reach deep in your purses and mommy take me home and try me and do me well. Hey yo, check it out, this is your man Sadat X. So you put it on stage of personal with my man fellow flavor, Kevlar and DJ360. Wisdom G, I'm manifesting, understanding, understood, so there's no need for I keep your guessing. Follow me now, see? See, I'll be rocking. The second hand is ticking, still the posse don't be clocking. Controllers of the clock be ticking closer to the point. Rock this funky joint. Famous classic in all the world of music. Yo, Possum Dove, stand clear to be plugged up into line one and two so y'all can flaunt that new style of speed. the battle they admit since I'm with it. Simply smooth, well moved, vinyl like glue, transistors are never more shown. Like when vocal flow brings it all down in ruins, due to a clue of a naughty noise called plug Drums are heard sounding off in each and every person. Local confetti is thrown at top stage. Builders and volleys on proper for throwing for showing appreciation. Why? This is a daisy age. Hands won't sweat because there's no threat. Michael stay dry while people sold these. Rhymes aren't fables but stable to be on time. Cause they market it and they will speak a loose. The stitch will fit with every consumer. Microphone use in self will start blooming. Profit and cost could never be lost or due to a clue of a naughty noise called plug two.
old man, my label mate, oh, Don shit. Newkirk, man, step to him. Oh, Thanks, shit. Search. And now, oh, for the Prime Minister, oh, Sinister. Hey, yo, what up? Prime Minister Pete Nice for third base. When I ain't throwing up old phase two flies on Instagram, trying to break into my man Big Daddy King storage and checking out my boys. I'll take it personal with my fam. Check it out, your boy MC Search, third base officially in the building, and right now you're checking out Take It Personal. Check it out. This is Chris Paul and checking out Spill of Flavor. Kevlar and DJ 360. Full cycle for that ass. Not a game. Damn. Yes, past tense made facially. Third basal express KMD. Three blind mics on site. Zev Lover gave it the first light. A grin shows a trick up a sleeve. <laughs> what a tangled web they weave. Deceive is stupefied through fable. Say, let's make a deal at the dinner table. Put you on tour. Put your record on wax. Trust me. Sign your life on the X. Your exit X. Of new ports and Puma sweat. Text feeds and frowns upon Emis to give a gas face and drinks from a thermos. Sub rock could at you with a clipper. Gas face given. I beg to differ. Pete, that was real tough, man, but I gotta get serious now. Hey, yo, Don, step to him again. Everybody, MC Search. Black cat is bad luck. Bad guys wear black. Must have been a white guy who started all that. Make the gas face. But old to the mountainous blue eyes dip for my face and shake my skull cap dismiss the myth that evil is not black but opposite spectrum this done by red man with horns on his head lay down the ill plan got all his helpers said make it snappy tell all the people that their hair can't be nappy blind and blue eyed a dark skin half a g a disease created by leprosy don't speak of bleach bend them to right say it was night way before the light put aside spook search leaves a trace of setup correct with the effect of Put my man, but you couldn't touch me, you faggot. No comp rap on a quest. To get your head flown, boy, you must look assessed. Cause many often wonder, zip deep paid. You got damn right, punk, stay out of my way. Cause I clock G's, why you clock Z's? And I don't smoke crack. I smoke MC's, so pick up a pen, cop a squat, and take notes. My rapper suffer from bleeding sprains and slip throats. Cause my style, deadly psychopath, schizophrenic. The rapper choke like a carpet, freeze up a panic. Cause I clock pesos, don't say yeah, yo. Another word for cocaine, me amigo, that's Spanish. Terminology for friends. Now sit back and rob my Bozak as I sin. Bass funk will beat that thump. For kickers and amps, go lined up in my trunk. My system cranking my headlights, a blinking brother's riding my tip L. And at the same time thinking, damn, how could a brother be so nice? Cause I'm the capital PE twice, MDE twice. I choose to squeeze, some choose to fight. I like to write, but then again, some bite. And while you was banging on tables, I was banging Snow White. Yeah. Slow down, baby. Yeah. Slow down, baby. Slow down, baby. Slow down, baby. Slow down, baby. 
the ripper, the master, the overlordian, playing MCs like an old accordion. I get the inspiration from a necessary station. I'm saying I was vacationing. You can't quote what your week could throw. Trying to sneak a peek at how I freak the notes. Major MCs become minor B flats. So retire the mic, get your chains in your bats. Here's your chance to advance. Get in your stance, I shoot the host off your cowboy pants. Pure entertainment, tonight's your arraignment. You're guilty, face down on the pavement. No holes barred, it's time to get scarred. You and your squad better praise the real God. The Undertaker, drop the thunder on fakers. When it comes to lyrics, I'm as freaky as Satan. So lay the mic down slow and careful Cause mine is fully loaded and I got another handful I clip the slipping and start ripping Diving and dipping and giving punks a whipping Just in case you wanna go a few rounds or so I'm down so that your clowns will know Me getting burnt to hurt won't be tolerated I got rhymes up the huh, forget it, I'm constipated Slow down baby Slow down baby Slow down baby Slow down baby When I come around homeboy watch a nugget I master on the beat down My style's rugged. When I attack the microphone, close the zone. Rap scenes, danger, can't roam. Security's packed in wall to wall, can't fall. A rap tank is full, so I can't store. A microphone is filled with premium. Any whack MC that flexes, I'm creaming them. Not with lotion, bust the motion. Flotation, when I rock on the mic, I'm like coasting. I'm unique fatigue. At my peak, you still seek a style, cause your sex to weak. New method, they rip the stage of my age and get loose and kick. Like Bruce in a rage, I'm on a rim. by the track, you know what I'm saying? When, when we hear the track, that basically motivates us to write, you know, we don't go and sit up in any mountains or anything like that when it's time to do, you know, or, lyrical you know, work and stuff. A lot of people think that we're, you know, so, 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 so different from human beings, you know what I'm saying? But it's like we're normal, you know, we do everything that normal hip-hop artists do, we just sit down and write our music, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Is 
to some brother in a thick hat thinking he can get any bitch with a good rap. <laughs> Pulling in a fucked up naked. Leaning to the side so it looks like he's sinking into that leopard interior. This nigga think every girl's inferior. To his tongue get a dumb bitch sprung and she's selling more buttons. Don't even get a cut of the money. His name is Sonny and he know to play and hope to God that he don't find a runaway. That's looking to become a star. He'll have your ass in and out of every car with every line and rick sucking every John's dick. Come short of the money, get your ass kicked. You don't like it, but you still call him punk. Last night, the nigga put your ass in the trunk. You want to leave, but Sonny start talking fast. And it make you want to go and sell more ass. He's getting rich, you was bitch, and it's like that. Now ask yourself, who's the man? Digital underground in the house doing what we like. What's up, Dre? What's up, Ed? Cooling on, yo. MTV raps. Now as the record spins around, you recognize this sound. Well, it's the underground. You know that we're down with what you like. With what you like. And though we're usually on the serious tip, check it out. Tonight we're gonna flip and trip and let it all hang out tonight. We're gonna say what we like. Cause yo, yo, we wanna know how many people in the flow. We'll like to just let yourselves go and do what you like. What's the night, your night? Just eat food, try not to be crude or rude. Kill the attitude, chill the serious mood and do what you like. And do what you like. Everybody do what you like.
This is Dell, the funky homo sapien, down with Deltron Hieroglyphics. And you are checking out Take It Personal with my fam, Phil of Flavor, Kevlar, and DJ360. Front big time, now I suppose that everything's cool since the style of apparel you adopted. You used to make fun of, but now you wanna rock it. So you gotta kick it with the homies. But DEL is already hip to your cronies. Me and CMP thought about this and never have we seen a brother who would have a like Mr. 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 Dabalina. was fitting it was i the abstract and me the five footer i kicks the mad style so step off the frankfurter yo fife you remember that routine that we used to make spiffy like mr clean um um a tidbit um a smidgen i don't get the message so you got to <laughs> okay. run the pitch you're on point five all the time tip you're on point five all the time tip you're on point five all the time tip but then grab the microphone and let your words rip now here's a funky introduction of how nice i am Tell your mother, tell your father, send a telegram. I'm like an energizer, cause you see I last long. My crew is never ever whack because we stand strong. Now if you say my style is whack, that's where you're dead wrong. I slay that body and El Segundo, then push it along. You be a fool to reply the fight was not the man. Cause you know and I know that you know who I am. A special shout out piece goes out to all my pals, you see. And a middle finger goes for all you punk MCs. Cause I love it when you whack MCs despise me. They get vexed, I will next, gonna contest me. I'm just a fight MC who's five for three and very brave. On top remaining, no home training, cause I misbehave. I come correct in full effect of all my holes in check. And before I get the butt, the gym must be a wreck. You see, my aura is positive, I don't promote no junk. See, I'm far from a bully and I ain't a punk. Extremity of rhythm, yeah, that's what you heard. So just clean out your ears and just check the word. Check the vibe, man. TV raps, Q-tip uh, from a tribe. What's up, y'all? We're a booty. A tribe called Quest. <laughs> We're a booty. Yo. Like, I came up with the title, Native Tongues, you know what I'm saying? Which is all about, you know, unity and we stem from positivity, you know what I'm saying? Here we go, yo. Here we go, yo. So what, so what, so what's the scenario? Here we go, yo. Yeah, right. 
what do you know? The dead dog is first up to back. No batteries included and no strings attached. No hope barred. No time for move faking. Got to get the loot so I can bring home the bacon. Brothers front, they say the drop can't flow. But we've been known to do the impossible like Broadway Joe. So sleep if you want, my crew will help you get your Z's true. But here's the real scoop. I'm all that and then some short duck and handsome bust a nut inside your eye to show you where I come from. I'm vexed, fuming, I've had it up to here. My days of pain, dues are over. Acknowledge me is in there, yeah. yeah. Head for the border, go get a taco. I see wreck it from the jump street, meaning from the get-go. Sit back, relax, and let yourself go. Don't sweat what you heard, but act like you know. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Who got the vibe? It's the tribe, y'all. Tribe, y'all. Real vibe, y'all. Live, y'all. Inside, outside, come around. Who's that? Brown. Like a end Compton. Check it, check it, check it out. The loops for the dupes, more mounds to the ounce. And wow, how now, wow, how now, brown cow. We're ill till the steel gets down for the flex. Next is the textbook old to the new, but the rest are doo doo. From radio to the video to Arsenio, tell me, yo, what's the scenario? Scooby Doo, what we do? Scenarios, radios, rates more than four. Scores for the scores, that's mother dance floors. Now I go for mine, shades of seashore. Space means peace, see you later. Later, 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 alligator. Pop blows the weasel land, the earth's an inflator. So yo, the D, what the O, incorporated INC into a flow. Fuck, flip, flat, back, first, fist, foul, fight, 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 laugh, yo, how'd that sound? Ooh. It's a leader, quest, mission, and we got the goods here. Yeah. Never on the left, cause my right's my good ear. Yeah. I could give a damn about an ill subliminal. Stay away from crime, so I ain't no criminal. criminal. I love my young nation, movie sensation, no time for hibernation, only elation. Don't ever try to test Don't want a little kid You'll miss the bust of rhymes Tell them what I, I heard did. you rushed and rushed And attacked Then they rebuked And you had to smack Causing rambunction Throughout the sphere Raise the levels of the boom Inside the air You know I did it So don't violate Or you'll get violated The hip hop sound Is well agitated We'll never waste no time On a played out ego So here's Buster Rhymes With the scenario Watch as I combine All the juice from the mind Heal up, wheel up Bring it back, come rewind Powerful impact Boom From the cannon Now bragging Try to read my mind Just imagine Both can't Berries necessary When digging into my library Oh my god Oh my gosh, eating I do stew like the one pizza toss up. Uh, 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 all over the track, man. Uh, pardon me, uh, as I come back, as I did, I had to beg your pardon. When I travel through the turn, I roll with the squadron. Rawr, rawr, like a dungeon dragon. Change your little jaws, cause your pants are sagging. Try to step to this, I will put you in a turban. And have it smelling right like some old stale urine. Chocolatey choco, the chocolate chicken. The rear cock diesel, but cheeks they were kicking. Yo, bust it out before the bust, I bust another round the rhythm. Shot. Uh, featuring the one and only 
but I don't try to see him. I'd rather make the money being on the cover of him. Get MCs mad, make the flat nostrils. I'm poetry, the rap fanatic. I get hostile. Pressure, 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 I leave the party with a massive amount of hookers. Slip, then slide out. I sleep the sludge. Fudge, fudge, fudge. Whatever hurt the grudge. Up against the wall, I caught you with the drugs. The organisms on the jury. Guess who's the judge? I hit the hook heavy. Ready, no chitter chatter. I think a symptom bigger. I pitter patter. Prouncing on particular poets who persist to portray professional cults. You're just a pussy. Cat, when I'm decking you, disrespecting you. Clever whenever I select the new dialogue. One plus one, get it together. Girls, don't despair, cause I'll be a fan. No, I don't have a Benzer, no, I don't have an infinity. I figure the eight inches of meat will be the remedy. When I pull up to your bumper, cause I'll be down to thump a girl like Heather Hunter. I tell you now, you never hate it. The triple X when it comes to sex is what I'm rated. I tell you now that I can give good love. Yes, I'm the one you should love. So don't try to just fudge, fudge, cause it's alright with me. Kick slick rhymes out of the mouth. Tricky in a joust. Plus I'm down with Mickey Mouse. Come on, everyone, let's slow to the rhythm of my tongue. To the rhythm of a drum. MCs want a battle, but they can't get with the Capital M O N C H on the mic, I get swift up. Then the rest of the maybe even the best. Scoring 101 and the poetical test. So, oh, see, if you know where you are, get all the light, become a superstar. Performance signifies cultivated, why spread it? Many, many lyrics memorized, embedded. In my think tank, sharp as a shank knife. I strike the mic just as quick as a snake bite. Suck out the poison, yeah, go ahead, try it. Skills of an assassin, watch as I fly. Thorough, doesn't matter the borough, I'm swinging. Clear to the air, keeping the body people clinging. Treating MCs like government cheese. Shred them like cheddar, cut them up, cause B. Laid out on the bed while we write to the tracks He's so funny when it comes to the snaps Write a hardcore rhyme, that's what the boy said yeah. I can whip up around like a slice of boar's head No, that's time, nah. and we don't digest nope. that Organism, that's made a dog and a rat So FIFA from everybody's funky drumming When you hear the bass line, you'll be humming it I'm keeping it simple cause I can swing many ways Rappers get mad, get mad it pays It's a mad, 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 the driveway, by the way, hey, hey Picked up your girl, cause yeah. she was going my way Hand on the stick, foot on the clutch Forward, yeah. I'm about 80 miles per hour I'm pulling on out, skip moves Left on the ground like tattoos The rubber smell better than the doodle on your shoes You stink, better think wise is what I advise Cause OC has skills to kill a whole tribe Off, awkward, spaghetti, I sauce it Lyrics flow like fluid out of a faucet Yeah, Ow. to the organisms To the organisms and to the organisms, forcing. To the organisms, forcing.
Freak the funk, hype the funk, swipe the funk and all that junk. I get busy on them. Communicate with the world, man, woman, a baby boy and a girl. Papa large, looking out the bombs drop. Take your stride while you're facing arms drop. Stop, look, learn to read, learn to write, learn to talk, learn to walk. And watch your steps go. I'm hyping right though. A cryptomaniac, a rhyme and psycho. A Ricky Ricardo, a God Lombardo. I'm sporting a rag top and El Dorado. Step into Hollywood, I'm swinging a boulevard. The rhymes are game type, I'm ready to pull apart. Octagon, and you're checking out Take It Personal with my peoples, Jason Gloss, Kevlar, and DJ 360. Ah, uh, yeah. I reminisce, I reminisce. I reminisce. I reminisce, I reminisce. I reminisce. Come on. I reminisce, I reminisce. I reminisce, I reminisce. I reminisce. I reminisce for the spell of shall I say fake yeah. 22 years ago to keep it on track say what? The birth of a child on the 8th of October A, a toast. toast, but my granddaddy came sober Count all the fingers and the toes Now I suppose I hope the little black boy grows 18 years younger than my mama But I really got beaten cause the girl loved drama In single parenthood there I stood By the time she was 21 had another one This one's a girl, let's name a Pam Said father at the first but you don't give a damn yeah. Irresponsible, plain not this yeah, Papa said chill, but the brother keep waiting right. Still he won't down, you would tear out your hide huh? On your side while the baby make a slide. slide But mama got wise to the game yeah. The youngest of five kids, hun, here, here it is. is After ten years without no spouse Mama's getting married in the house Listen, Listen. positive over negative for the woman a master Mother queens rise in a chapter Deja vu, tell you what I'm gonna do When they reminisce over you, my God it's time to dip, dive, dip. You might break your hip to the sound less legit. I come to make a hit. I usually bust scratches from my brother to your smooth, but I decided to get wrecked on this crew. As I provide this slide, you're going on a ride. I know the weather's nice, there's no need to play the outside. Guess who's on the flyer? The man of your desire, Pete Rock, seal smooth, all the honey dips and liar. Beats are rough and rugged, Pete Rock is the creator. Now I'm busting rats as well as switching course faders. Making sure my sound hits from here to Grenada. Honey gave his case, ran into all the friends I ate her. But waiter, I saved the subject for later, but it's time to get wrecked with the creator. As I rock on, the break of dawn, just step to the rear cause I heat up like a sauna All your crack dealers, five rolls on the corner Boy, you better run for cover quick, you're a goner Swinging with the beat I made just for the crew And not Jack the Rapper with the mic I'm pursuing Yes, on the party tip, grab a boot, take a sip, wig out Yes, y'all, time for CL or CL, we sell, hi, how you doing? Yeah. With the creator, let your body unloose it what? Step up or shut up to the hype remix yeah. This one's dope, so you all need a fix Six. C to the L it, cousin, I'm spelling yeah. Smooth on the move with the groove, keep telling yeah. Should I drop a bombshell? Wait, no, oh well, I like Sherelle so pass the lapel Here take a memo When I do demo His step to yell With the curly afro Mom skin's always begging me Can I hit your core New tip for new hits So tap the board Cheers for the mecca A toast for the host A double dose East West Coast for the most So pop the bubbly And I'll see you later With my brother Pete Rock The creator 
Yes, party people, I'm back once again and pass me the microphone so I can make a killing. Step off a deck because I'm a smooth black brother. Pete Rock and CL together run for cover. I didn't know the fun it was to be a deaf rapper. Check, Check it. it. I'm on the mic so you got to sway with the rhythm and listen to the way I kick it. You come into the show, get your ticket. People listen good because the beat will make you flop, snare, kick it lovely. Hard to make you stop. Dancing and branching, the mic I'm enhancing. Funk is the way I express all my music. Taking out never. It's time to pull a lever on sucker MCs who try to get clever. Like I said before, I'm a crowd motivator, but it's time to get wrecked with the creator. Cozy like a sofa, so hun slide over. What? I play strip poker, what? so do the belly roller. Yeah. I just get a task it, try another racket. What? Bring on a song, you know, cousin I'm won't slack it. it. Voodoo, ooh, chalary, mix foul. One more style and make another reptile. Yeah. Break to the makeup, yeah. your creator. What? Serve like a waiter, what? one hot potato. Yeah. See through peekaboo, honey dip lover. What? Lay undercover, smooth and won't stutter. Yo, CL phone calls for you. I'll take it. Got this girl, she only call me butt, butt naked. I go for the ghetto, surfing in the rave. Jealous cause I blow like Whitten Marcellus. Uh -huh. One unpredictable, nonsense. Yeah. Pledge your principal to the rich little CEO smooth, yes, the live motivated When it's time to get wrecked with the creator My name is Pete Rock, I'm raw as I ever been Niggas give me room so I can speak about the skins Here's a tidbit, but God, can you dig it? Kids are playing close and they want my beaver dishes Cause I love them undercover, the chocolate boy wonder Break like an earthquake, booming like thunder Tell a honey dip, the blouse Slip in the house, sip the stout, rip the boots and I'm out Yo, check this out, it's the soul brother number one Pete Rock And you're checking out, take it personal I like your boy, Suckers macking mic and making men of them Tears and fears for my peers They risen, you think that it is, it is If not, it isn't Race for the border, my daughter could be to banging out Chiefs rocking beats in the streets and it's time for hanging out Gather or rather for my circle around out loud Just cause brothers or others could never ever rock a crowd Is it because he's running off with the mouth Or was he really clearly trying to play a nigga out No, shut him down, the king with the crown Cause all you wanna be is sticky down Go. A friend of mine asked me to say some MC rhyme, so I said this rhyme I'm about to say. The rhyme was mecca, and then it went this way. Recollect a mecca, mic check on a windmill skill, map the steps, wearing Godfather hats. It's okay to parlay the forte better. Tell her my nigga knit a sweater tougher than leather. Swing another Bobby King thing, and I wreck. But just like the white one, I get no respect. Money stay awake, cause the other niggas are fake. From Hollis to the beacon, know your dumb ass is leaking. CL. And one DMC, so rush it Big time way before him, I got to touch it Remember the faces in all types of places Look, my no shoelaces And I'm out
cooling with Ed Love and Dr. Dre on Yo MTV Raps, TV Raps, TV Raps. Dr. Green Thunder, you're blazing out and take it personal. I get that. 
action. So everybody jump with your rump. If you like the way the sound pump, pump it in your back trunk. And let loose with the juice when I do rock. I'm too hot. Some say I got more juice than two pop. Straight out of Jersey. You heard me, my brother. I'm laughing. Time, time for some back yeah. From the land of the lost, I'ma hit you with the most force that make you run your back style back to the crack style, brother. This strike a pose like Madonna. My mom's picked me out because I did what I want. The original people chomped up a drunk of bumps in your skull caps. Cause my jaw snaps with the raw rap. So color me bad plus color me black. For the funk that I pack, uh, that freaking to the funk track. The funky fly stuff. Come on and let me kick the funky fly stuff. Just to show you where the hell I come from. I get done with the one, one, two. Check my raps on my hip when I have sex. Like this. Make you twist to the mist of a funky brain sound when it's puffed on the slip and all that, the hi-hat. Go by then, listen, look, oops, brother, where your eyes at? They on the floor, pick them up while I pour a little funk down your brain, bro. Listen to my name, Trump. Red man, ready to rock. I got a Glock in pack. Your body is all over the block trying to step to this. The exorcist kick it. I get mad with it when twin cop the biscuit and blow your head off. Just for asking, who's the one rap? Who This DJ Muggs from Cybercell, Soul Assassin's Live from Los Angeles, man. You checking out, take a personal radio, yo. Turn this shit up, man. Let's go.
right, y'all, that is our Yo MTV Raps tribute. Big shout-outs to uh, Dr. Dre for stopping by. A lengthy interview, and I'm sure we'll have an unedited version on, on Vivo later on. So thanks to everybody tuning in. Again, shouts to uh, all our supporters on Patreon. And uh, the link is on our website, takeapersonalradio.com. We also have fresh Yo MTV Raps influence shirts on our store. I think it's a nice little package all together. It's nice. We have a giveaway next episode by Get Down Records. Um, I don't want to tell you what it is, but you'll know what it is once we release the episode. And then we have Dope Folk Records giveaway following that. Uh, Kev, what up? Guys, great interview. Dr. Dre, thank you for your time. Uh, Instrumental in in my uh, appreciation for hip-hop and love for the culture when I was younger. was driven by you and uh, MTV. Uh, Ed Lover, the whole whole click and shebang and shaboodle. Peace out, yo. Thanks for joining us on episode 53. Be sure to stay tuned for our upcoming episodes. And make sure you visit us at TakeItPersonalRadio.com where you can connect with all things Take It Personal. From merch to interviews to exclusive remixes by DJ360. You can also leave a comment on our message board and start some discussion with the crew. As always, we appreciate your support. to impress you, you know that. I know it. Yeah. Now, where'd you get the mushroom shirt? I got to know. Well, the secret is you've got to coordinate. Uh-huh. Most people don't coordinate. So you got to coordinate. Yes, that's what you did. Yeah. Interesting. Hey, this is John Witherspoon. Take it personally. Bang, 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 bang. This is Dr. Dre, and you've been listening to Take It Personal Radio. That's right. It's just like Yo! MTV raps today, or it's just like Yo! Cuz the original concept.
Like my apartment is nice and lofty All you little suckers you can 